Hello and welcome to StarkCast. I am Joe Stark and today I am talking with my friend from the Leftover Army, Bridget. Uh, we get into all sorts of interesting stuff on this one. She tells me about her Wicca religion and tarot readings and we even get into some fan fiction discussion. Uh, Bridget is a, a great talker and this was a really fun episode and I had an awesome time getting to know her a little bit better. No, it sounds like we got a pretty good connection, so that that's rad. Oh, good. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I live in a small town, and so it's like, and, and right now we're like getting a blizzard here also, so I wouldn't be surprised if every one of my neighbors is on Netflix right now. Oh, my God. Are you kidding? Yeah, like oh. we're in the, there's this weird line right near us also where we might be getting like these like, oh, what the hell? How did my wife describe it? And it's like it's like a mixture of warmer air and colder air, or colder air, and so it's creating these bursts of snow where we might be getting like one to two inches per hour. Holy crap! <laughs> right? Oh, <laughs> like school. The school's already canceled tomorrow, so the boys had a little party earlier about that. Oh, they must be wired. <laughs> yeah. God, and then they were watching like the worst movie that I've ever seen. It was like the Woody the Woodpecker movie. What? That yeah. sounds like a porno. <laughs> <laughs> I looked it up on IMDb because I was so intrigued by what I was seeing that I was like, what the fuck is this? And there there wasn't a single actor's name on it I recognize. But it was wow. like it was all live action except for Woody the Woodpecker who was computer animated. And like the boys were just eating it up. Wow. But, but for me, I was just like, Oh god, this is terrible. This oh, is like the you know- fourth home alone movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, and I can't get into the the modern day cartoons. Like I was, I grew up with Looney Tunes and Tom and go. Jerry, you know. And you look at Tom and Jerry now, and they tamed it down. But you know, the Tom and Jerry I knew that was that was freaking violent, right? <laughs> Holy crap! And, and what's funny is I grew up on Looney Tunes also, and like I never once tried to like do something insane like like drop a pile of bricks on a friend's head or something right? like that. And so it's like, you can't say that this stuff causes violence. You know what? It's that one idiot person that caused to people to put that do not eat on the silica packets on new shoes. <laughs> I laugh every time I see those. Like, you know, I've always thought those would be really damn tasty. It's a good like, thing. It says don't eat. I want to eat something that comes in shoes. How hungry do you have to be? Seriously? <laughs> Christ it's like crap. beyond like eating a Snickers and crying, you know. Right? <laughs> it's like you've gone past that, and it's like I didn't even know the buses ran out this far. Like, <laughs> what are you smoking? Right <laughs> 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 oh, this is too great not to leave in. I can go back and <laughs> and do an intro <laughs> if you want to just keep this rolling. <laughs> yeah, we can. No, I don't care. Okay, right on. <laughs> Um, If you don't mind me asking, where are you from? I'm from New York. Um, Technically, it's a town called Sayville. Sayville. It was supposed to be called Seaville. But apparently, back then, the settlers said, no, there's another town called 
Seville, so and someone messed up the spelling, so <laughs> now we're Seville, and some people would say because there's so many gay communities here, they might call it Gayvilles. <laughs> people, <laughs> oh, people and their clever puns, right? <laughs> it's like cheese and crackers. Get a group, people. <laughs> the the town that I grew up in was called Center Point, and it's because a long time ago a railroad ran through it. And the way I heard tell was it was the like that was the center of the line that ran between Iowa City and Waterloo, I believe. Ah, uh, hence center point. There you go. That's the way I heard it told. Anyway, <laughs> it works. Yeah, it works. <laughs> Cle- clever names, right? <laughs> At least yours has a story behind it. Mine's like utilitarian. <laughs> well, if you listen to, uh, do you ever listen to like Hollywood Babylon with Kevin Smith and Ralph Garman? I used to listen to that show religiously, and then it got to the point where Kevin Smith was putting like four commercial breaks in like a an hour and a half long show, and I was like, "Fuck!" And so I, yeah, I kind I of just fell 50 off. Second, that sucker. <laughs> <laughs> I need to jump back on <laughs> because they have a show. they have a new segment called uh, "Your Town's Got a Fucked Up Name." <laughs> <laughs> That's great. They do have some great segments on there. Oh, they do. Oh, my favorite segment is What the Fuck, Japan? Because... <laughs> <laughs> and seriously, I have a friend that lived in Japan for like a month and uh, he speaks the language. Well, he says he doesn't speak it as well as he should be able to. and um, But he speaks it fluently. And he goes, yeah, there are some things there that I'm just like, what in the hell? (laughs) (laughs) But he said that the people there are like so nice. And if you're trying to speak the language, they help you out. They don't make fun of you like allegedly the French do. Apparently, I don't know. But (laughs) um, that's kind of the the thing, right? Is that the French are kind of (laughs) assholes. I don't believe that. I I I think it's, you know, you got to take into consideration, you know, the you know, what the person's day was at when they were approached. You can't just <laughs> generalize. Well, that's what I was going to get at right there is that I, I'm not into generalizing. And so Ugh. it's like, I, yeah, I bet there's plenty of assholes in France. There's also plenty of assholes here in America and every other part oh. of the world, right? Even Canada. Ad nauseum. Ad nauseum. <laughs> yeah, New York, I bet you run into some assholes. <laughs> City's known oh my for it, right? God. Well, you know what it is? It's the people here, especially on Long Island, well, they're very impatient. It's like when you hear the saying New York Minute, they're not kidding. They are not freaking kidding. It's like, come on, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. It's like, you know, breathe, relax, then do what you got to do. Because I wait for the bus, I take the bus to and from work because I don't drive. My my vision is really bad. And when I did drive, I was a nervous driver because of my depth perception. So um, I take the bus. And it just boggles my mind how many people while I'm waiting for the bus to go home are on their phones, eating, you know, doing everything what there's, you know, what they should not be doing. You know, like concentrating on your driving. I don't know. Concentrating (laughs) on the road. (laughs) It just drives me crazy. It's like focus on the freaking road, would you? (laughs) Oh, yeah. I used to drive an F-550 for work. And so it sat up quite a bit higher than 
than a lot of the cars around me on the road. And so when people would pass me, you know, if I'd be on like a four lane highway or something like that. And so I'd get like slow passed by people all the time since I'm driving this big, huge truck, you know, no, nobody wants to follow that. And so no. I just always glance over and the majority of the time is, was people fucking with their phones. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like, oh God, I feel safe already. <laughs> <laughs> Crap. I said some stupid shit though over the years. Like I, I lost track of the amount of women like putting on eyeliner while they're driving. Uh, the Holy weird things that shit. I would see people eating, the amount of people that passed me eating like bowls of cereal. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, I commend your knee driving, but dude, you're eating a bowl of cereal driving. That just seems a little excessive. <laughs> why? Like, why don't you just get up a little earlier and eat breakfast at home? I don't know. <laughs> Hey, we live in the age of multitasking, right? <laughs> oh, it just drives me crazy. In fact, one of my dearest friends, I stopped going out with her to lunch because she would be on her phone. And I'm like, you know what? This is really rude. You asked me out to lunch and you're on your freaking phone. Well, I'm multitasking. No, what you're telling me is I'm not important enough to be with. That is true. I mean, that's the message it sends if someone's talking to you and you're staring at your phone. And I, I, I know I've been guilty of doing it, too. And oh yeah, everyone is. Everyone is. But it's, good God. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> well, the signs of aging when you get very impatient. <laughs> like, I don't get more impatient than when I'm at the grocery store and oh, somebody has get... chosen to bring their whole family with them to go shopping, <laughs> and they're all lined up in a row, walking slowly down the aisle, and I'm just dying inside. Because it's like, I know where I know everything on my list. I know where it's at. I'm going to go to those places as quickly as and efficiently as possible. I'm going to command and conquer. And I got this family of mouth breathers that was in between me and my creamy peanut butter. And then they have, you know what store is the worst to go in? Uh, Bed Bath & Beyond, if you have that. Buy it. <laughs> yeah, because- luckily I haven't been drugged into one of those in years, but I know what you mean. Oh my God, Christmas time, they put the breakables right in the middle of the aisle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? You're just asking for something to get broken. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with people? <laughs> I, I, yeah, I mean, they're, they're kind of measuring that against, okay, how likely are we to get somebody to impulse buy this by putting it out here? You know, it's right in their way and they have to deal with it. And so they're going to look at it versus uh, you know, how many of these idiots are going to bump into this display and knock all these candles over. Right, exactly. I used to work at Stop and Shop for like two months because I needed extra money to pay, to pay off a credit card bill, and I was a cashier. Now, I have better people skills than what I did when I was in my 20s, but I'm going to be 45 this year. And those goddamn PLU codes for the produce, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> If I couldn't, I'm like, do you really need this red onion? No? Great. Toss it over my shoulder. <laughs> yeah, that looks um, like about a seven cent onion. You type in oh. seven cents, non-tax. <laughs> and then I had this guy, he he worked next door to the broom where I go to church. That's my church, the Silver Broom Ministries. And he has this antique, uh, antique store. And he's so annoying. So I didn't even realize that this guy was here, but I had to count out this lady's – she gave me a 
shitload of singles to count out. And he's like, well, I thought this was the express line. And I took a look at him. It was my second to last day. So I'm like, what are they going to do? Fire me? <laughs> so <laughs> I look at him like, dude, I will be with you in a minute. All right. If you would like to be checked out speedily, go to the next line. I'm not rushing this count. <laughs> <laughs> So the next time I saw him next to the room, I walked over to him. I'm like, next time you go into Stop and Shop, don't go on the express line. <laughs> and <laughs> That's excellent. Oh, my God. Well, you know what it is? As I get older, my self-esteem has grown where <laughs> – and mom told me this would happen, that as you get older, you're – tact filter diminishes <laughs> <laughs> like that shut up monkey that's no longer there shut up monkey i love that i've never heard that before <laughs> oh god she's like you you won't care what comes out of your mouth now as a general rule i do try to consider what i'm going to say before i say it because i know i can do some serious damage <laughs> If I don't watch what I say, especially like if I'm doing a tower reading, that's why if I do a tower party, I do not drink because that filter will be gone in 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Does Bobby Smith like me, bitch? Bobby Smith doesn't even know you because says, shut the fuck up. Get off my... <laughs> tarot readers keeping it real. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that's why I don't read teenagers. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Because they, nine times out of ten, their their whole reading is about self esteem. It's like, um, oh, honey, you don't need a reading now. <laughs> you don't have enough problems to need a reading now. <laughs> <laughs> like they're almost coming in, like looking for like validation or something like that. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Although I did do this one charity event, and I was doing it for a friend's grandson for to raise funds for his soccer team. And there were a bunch of readers at this restaurant and this lady sits down and I should have known, I have this little spiel I go, I go through with um, tarot reading virgins, <laughs> as I like to call them, <laughs> where I have to explain to them that there is no good card that is good or bad. It's just that the cards are like a thermometer. They read your energy where a thermometer reads your temperature. So that usually sets people at ease because they think, oh, the death card, you know. Yeah, well, and, and that's how it's portrayed in movies, right? Yeah, that's partly to blame. It is. It is. But I'm like, the death card just means change from the bones out. It's a very cathartic change, if you will. <clears throat> so there, it rarely ever means actual death. It usually means like the death of a phase in your life. Like an, you're going to leave this job to go on to a new job as an example. So this lady, you know, I'm laying out the cards, you know. <clears throat> and as a general rule, when I'm done with the reading, I'm like, do you have any questions? And she was like, well, I do have a question. I thought this reading was going to be all about me. And I'm looking at the tarot deck, uh, the t the tarot spread that I did, and it was all about her dating life and, you know, where she was going and what she was doing and her wealth and her fun. And I'm like, well, it was all about you. And she's like, 
No, that's not what I mean. I'm like, do you want to ask another? No, that's fine. So I'm like, would you like to ask one of the other readers to read you? You know, because I, I will tell you that I am fairly new to the game. So please feel free to, you know, get read by another reader. <clears throat> no, that's fine. That's fine. Long story short, the woman whose grandson I was reading for um, said, oh, yeah, she uh, she told my daughter that she wanted to know when she was going to die. And I'm like, huh? what the fuck? You know, if she sat at my table any longer, she would be dying sooner rather than later. <laughs> so, I was like, Jesus Christ, are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> you, you, but you know what's funny? Guys are the funniest to read because usually they don't want to be read and they've been dragged by their girlfriend or significant other. Yeah, I bet that's fun to deal with. Oh, well, <laughs> there's a little trick to that. Um, us- usually they're curious, at least, if not cynicism. You know, they're not skeptical about it. They're usually curious. Like, you can tell by their body language when they sit down, their arms are crossed over their chest. They're closing themselves off. And when they do that, I just, like, look over their head and talk to their higher self. Because nine times out of ten, your higher self will rat you out to me. (laughs) So that's a nice trick because I'm like, hmm. Okay, because while they're shuffling, I'm gathering their information um intuitively (laughs) (laughs) so i'm like oh okay all right and the best person i ever read was my older brother because we're 12 years apart in age i'm the youngest of four and i blew his socks off with this and because he was curious he was curious but he was he was a little mm, hesitant to get a reading and i told him Dude, I don't I don't do the mediumship if that's what you're worried worried about. And he's like, Oh, okay, good. You know. <laughs> Cause, you know, he doesn't like that sort of thing. So I, I did the reading, I did what's called the chakra spread where I lay out the cards in a chakra pattern. And I I tell him about all his different chakras. Chakras are just like data centers in our bodies. I forget how many there are actually, but I only work with eight of them as for the purposes of my studies. So I just lay out the chakra spread and he was like, Oh wow. You know, you know, this, that, and the other thing. He's like, well, I gotta tell you, bridge, that was pretty good. I'm pretty impressed. I'm like, thank you. That made my night. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, That's awesome. It is. It is because, you know, with something like that, you know, the whole psychic game and I hate that word because we are all psychic we can all tap into that ability. It's a skill. It's not a gift. It's a skill. And as long as it's like any muscle that you exercise, if you use it regularly, you'll, it'll get stronger. Like since I've been doing this, um, work, I, my intuition has gotten stronger and stronger and stronger to the point where when I, when I get down to pray, um, I can hear them or they usually come to me when I'm doing something innocuous, like doing the dishes, I'll hear Persephone. And I, I know this sounds crazy, Joe. <laughs> I, I, I am incredibly optimistic and open-minded and like, I am loving all this. So don't, don't feel weird or anything. I mean, I'm with you. 
I'm just picturing some of the leftover army hearing this and go, say what? Now she's hearing voices. (laughs) 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 Um, So, you know, I usually work, we have to choose a god and goddess to work with every year as part of the ministry training program. And I chose Persephone and um, Hestia. Persephone is the goddess of the underworld. She's Hades' wife. And Hestia is the goddess of hearth and home because I'm making changes to move out of my current apartment and into a new apartment. And Persephone is helping me with boundaries, um, helping me to let go of old friends that I've known for 30 years or excuse me, who I thought I knew for 30 years. And so she's working to help me get stronger and become even more empowered than I already am. So when I was starting to work with her as I'm washing the dishes, she's like, Bridget, don't worry about it. you got to let go. you got to be cold to her. you got to give her one-word answers during your texts. Treat her like your landlady and not like your best friend, which is really hard, Joe. When when you've known someone since fifth grade – that is really hard to pull those emotional pincers out and walk away. But I have to because this person is toxic. I know so, exactly what you mean. Um, I didn't so much choose to walk away in this instance, but like I had someone that I would call my best friend, like just up and one day he just quit returning my texts mm. and I talked to his and it was right. He'd, he'd gone through a bunch of shit and he, him and his wife had just divorced as well. And I was talking to her about it and she's like, yeah, he pretty much just cut everybody out of his life that he'd known, you know, up until, you know, he got into this other thing. And, and now that's pretty much all he, the people he talks with is kind of how she explained it to me. And I'm just like, well, what in the fuck? Like, mm. But, but it got to the point where I, I would, have dreams that I saw him somewhere and instead mm-hmm. of going up and talking to him I'm like dude oh my god I haven't seen you forever instead it was me yelling at him like I was uh. having dreams where like in my conscious mind I wasn't acknowledging the fact that I was really upset with the dude who that was the fucking best man in my wedding that I've been best friends with since like third oh. grade just like up and cuts me out of out of his fucking life like what Oh, and and so I was every time that he showed up in a dream, I fucking started yelling at him like, "Hey, you motherfucker!" You know, just <laughs> because it, it's like I, you know, I I am a lot of times like really nice to like everybody around me because the thought of intentionally hurting somebody's feelings, like like if I'm mad at the time and I do it, I'll feel justified in it. But then later on, when I'm not upset about it anymore, I'll feel like, oh, geez, I I probably shouldn't have reacted like that and. In some way, I feel like that's a character flaw in me. No, it's not. You're human, sweetheart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I just thought it was interesting that it really, my true feelings for what happened with him, like, really manifested itself in my dreams. And I really believe it was my mm-hmm. subconscious trying to tell me, you know, hey, you just need to, you know, just cut him out. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's do you really want to be friends with somebody again that would do something like that? Mm, right exactly so yeah it's it's but i i know how hard and fucked up that a situation like that can be was my long-winded way of saying Uh, well it's just that she's going out with this narcissist and this abusive guy um and 
that that's her choice. That's her choice. Um, she's the type of person who she wants to get married and have children, but she's only a few months younger than me. Actually, she's a year younger than me. And, you know, her biological clock is ticking. I'm like, bitch, I put that shit on snooze. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I never wanted kids. Um, (laughs) Kids are great, but it's just not for me. But, you know, she she has no self-esteem. So um, when you have no self-esteem and you want something and you're going to attract that desperate vibe and you're going to attract the bottom of the barrel, so to speak. And this guy has four kids from two different women. And I'm like, that's not a good situation, sweetheart. (laughs) But that's your choice. Yeah. So, you know, it wasn't so much that that pissed me off and made me walk away from her. It was the fact that she had a restraining order on him because he slapped her or laid hands on her in a public parking lot. and. She lied to me during the summer and she was seeing him while the restraining order was in effect. Oh, man. And I know this because I caught her in a lie because I go outside to walk my dog every morning and her car wasn't there. So I'm like, hmm. So I sent her a text. Are you okay? Are you stuck somewhere? You know, not that I can do anything about it, but and she's like, yes. I'm fine. And it was those curt texts that she would send me if she was over at the boyfriend's house. I'm like, hmm, that's interesting. The upshot of this conversation is two weeks later, she tells me that, oh, yeah, I removed the restraining order from so-and-so. And, uh, you know, because he reached out to me because his mother's really sick. <laughs> yada, yada, yada. Lie, 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 lie. I'm like, look. This is your choice to go with him. But from now on, you're just my landlady. You're not my friend because I can't trust the word that comes out of your mouth. Oh, and the other thing she told me was that her counselor told her that she should clear up her cosmic karma, whatever the hell, and speak to this guy. I'm like, no licensed therapist would ever tell you that. What the hell? Because that's like telling a rape victim to confront their rapist. Yeah. That would not happen. Uh, yeah, this so, domestic violence situations like that, they fucking make my blood boil. Uh, like, I remember once a long time ago, my wife and I were walking through a Walmart parking lot, and I saw this altercation between this guy and girl where the guy, like, went running up and, like, yelling at her and grabbed her and shit, and, like, the girl was, like, looking fucking terrified, and me uh, and Lindsay were walking past, and she's just like, don't, don't, <laughs> like, I could just, like, feel her thing, and it's like, I'm not about to get in the middle of whatever the hell's going on over there, but it's like that guy needs to be laid the fuck out. All you can do is call the police. If you see something like that in a public place, you know, because that's for goddamn ridiculous. I mean, (laughs) but you know, that's fear. That's the, the narcissism comes from fear. It's like the, it's the ego, um, supplementing the (laughs) self-esteem. That's basically what it is. No, that's totally true. Like, the, and like that is a huge problem in America uh-huh. in 2018 is just is. the the egos out of control and people not even realizing it when they're being ruled by their ego. And 
Uh, that's, Hell, that's, our president is a, is a narcissist. <laughs> yeah, that that guy. Oh. You know what? This is what I told my brother, the same brother who I gave the tarot reading, because he's a huge Trump fan for whatever reason. And I told him, I said, look, dude, I'm going to tell you straight off. I'm like, when I first heard he was running, I'm like, well, he's a businessman. Maybe that's what we need, you know? And then he started with the politically incorrect statements. Now, if you know me, you know I hate people who are politically correct to the point where they're hypersensitive, mm-hmm. you know? I'm not saying that you had to go around throwing around the N-word to everyone, but, you know, use your common sense. So I'm like, you know what, Chris? That's my brother. I'm like, I think this is the way I'm looking at it. I don't like what he's doing. I wish he would get off Twitter. But I think with him in the White House, I think it's teaching society to stop being a bunch of sheep and really look at what's going on. As he he's he's teaching us by contrast, whether he knows it or not. That's a really good way to look at it. Well, that comes from my <laughs> that comes from my training, um, <laughs> and that's the only thing that keeps my sanity. I couldn't even watch the State of the Union address because I was going to throw something at the TV. <laughs> no, I don't watch any of it. I don't want to see anything with him on a podium talking. Like just the way he speaks, fucking drives <laughs> me. Like I'm I am fully checked out. On it. It's like, I'm not fucking, I don't want anything to do with it. I don't want to, uh, and it's like, that's not really the right response. Like, you know, the civic, the civically acted, or, I you know what, what I mean. mean. <laughs> like, I stumbled out over that. But if you, I were more civically minded, like, I would be like, no, no learn from this. Know what's going on. It's like, it, it's just too hard to watch. It is. It's like the biggest <laughs> joke <laughs> It's like, and you know, I don't think, first of all, I wouldn't, you have to have some semblance of an ego to run for president. You have to have great big, huge amounts of self-esteem Yeah. to go after that role. And kudos to you, you know, if you want to do it. The problem that people, that politicians run into, and I forget who said this on your show previously, but People start to grease your wheels and throw you money here for their agenda, throw money here for their agenda, you know. Yeah. So before you know it, you're corrupted. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, they say the road to hell was paved for good intentions, you know. Personally, I think hell is Las Vegas, but, you know, they. (laughs) (laughs) I've never even been, but I couldn't agree with you more. (laughs) They call it Sin City. Come on. Uh, yeah, that place has never sounded fun to me. <laughs> it's just like, so I, I'm not into hot. gambling or anything, though. Yeah, either it's like I just yeah, no. I'm not. I work too hard for Ex- my money. Exactly. <laughs> it's like the- I love the idea of doubling it. I hate the idea of losing it frivolously, and so it's like no, my hate, my hate outweighs my hope. Oh yeah, I hear that. I just I never understood. I mean, the slots the slot machines are one thing. That's fine, okay, but don't put me at a blackjack table or a Russian roulette table. Hell no. <laughs> Not my game. Oh yeah, that go ugly. <laughs> oh, very quickly. 
the most I get into playing cards is like solitaire and pyramid solitaire. <laughs> it's pretty boring. <laughs> hey, if you enjoy it, I mean, some people find solitaire relaxing. I don't see the relaxation in it by crochet, but hey, whatever. <laughs> when I was a little kid, my mom's mom, so my grandma on my mom's side would always watch me and my younger sister. She did a lot mm-hmm. of the babysitting. And she she always was like living on kind of tight means. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, that wasn't the place to go hang out and have bounds of entertainment. Like, it was like <laughs> two, seven and nine. And if it was during the day, which that's when grandma was babysitting us, we're basically watching soap operas with grandma. <laughs> oh, good God. And then there was a pile of tabloids that you could read through. And even at a young age, I knew that this was all bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> But grandma taught us how to play solitaire. And so I would just play solitaire a lot when I was over there. And so now when I play it, it it makes me think of my grandma, you know, who who passed, you know, um, a little ways back now. And so it's just one of those things that, you know, I can, I can, I think of her when I play it. (laughs) That's I think of my aunt when, who taught me how to crochet. Um, I think of her whenever I crochet. That's awesome. Yeah, I love that woman. She departed too quickly for this world, but she's another example of (laughs) lack of self-esteem gone wrong. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, Do I want to talk about that? Fuck it. Um, (laughs) You don't have to if you don't want to. (laughs) Well, it's just a matter. (laughs) No, it's okay. It's okay. It's a considerate lesson learned. My mom, my, my mom, my aunt was my mother's sister. And they, they were, my aunt was 11 years younger than my mom. And I guess she was a bitter woman. I don't know. But we, we would jokingly call her Martha Stewart because she could throw the best parties. And I remember growing up, there was one time where my older sister couldn't, was supposed to have Christmas, but she got the flu. So her husband sent over all the food and everything. And you would think that auntie planned this meal out for months because uh-huh. everything was perfect. Anyway, auntie did not live within her means. And... Um, I spent Memorial Day of 2014 with her and the following, following weekend, my mom calls me up and says, um, Karen, my sister-in-law at the time is coming to pick you up and bring you to her house. We have something to tell you. I'm like, well, why can't you tell me over the phone? This is not something we can tell you over the phone. Well, this is dramatic. (laughs) Right. All right. So. You know, I go in there and my mom sits me down. She goes, we lost Auntie today. What do you mean lost Auntie? I just I just got back from her, her house like last weekend. We lost Auntie today and we think Uncle Lee killed her. Oh. What? So what happened was they were about to lose their second house. Um, it was going into foreclosure. And my uncle, who was a former Nassau County cop, retired. He, um, they got into a huge fight, and he strangled her in the kitchen, dragged her into the bedroom, and spent the weekend in the house with her, trying to cook up a story. 
And the only reason why he was found out is because my cousin um, had was expecting a call from her that previous Wednesday. And my aunt, who lived close by, came by to drop by pictures, and he, my uncle wouldn't let her in the house. So they did a welfare check, and the sheriff managed to talk himself into the house. And, um, yeah, that's how they discovered that she was gone. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that was really rough. That had to have been rough. I am so sorry to hear that. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Wow. It was, it was t- but that wasn't the tough. The tough part was hearing all the dirt that came, the aftermath that came later um, about everything that was going on and um, behind the scenes. Like, Bridget, did you know notice anything weird about Auntie that weekend? I'm like, well, she was drinking wine and she asked me to go through the photo albums. Um, that's about because I always told my auntie, I'm here to get away from Long Island because it's becoming very urban. I'm here to get away from Long Island. You don't have to entertain me. You don't have to take me places. And we we would just chill and she would teach me how to crochet or whatever. And there was nothing really odd except she was drinking a lot and she was sleeping a lot when I was there. So my brother's like, yeah, she knew what was going down. So, yeah, we lost we lost Auntie and my my uncle is now upstate, ironically, in the same prison that those two prisoners escaped from a couple of years ago. Okay. Yeah, he's there for oh god, was it eight or fifteen years? But he's segregated from the general general population because he was a former cop. So, um, yeah, and now his two kids don't talk to each other because my my cousin thinks that. She she got the mommy dearest treatment from her mom, and my other cousin is trying to bridge, you know, form a bridge. But the other, his sister doesn't want any part of him whatsoever, which is sad because they both have kids, you know. So the cousins aren't getting to know each other. Yeah, but that's that. So wow. yeah. yeah, so you know. yeah but i mean that is sad you know and like the family's hard i I mean i can't even imagine what it'd be like for those kids having to you know try and reconcile that and then that's just all around that's a sad situation it's just sad when you think you know somebody and you don't you find out there's not just skeletons there's a goddamn graveyard in their closet (laughs) yeah it's like, holy shit, what was going on? You know, so as I get older, I notice that all these illusions I have of people, their masks are being stripped off and I'm seeing, you know, their truth is being thrown into light and you're just like, well, holy fuck, you know, but I was warned that before I joined the ministry training program that this was going to happen, that I'm going to see certain truths come to light. Basically, you're your life kind of blows up um, when you're training to become a minister because you're healing. And when you heal, you're, you're looking at the darkest parts of yourself. And ironically, I haven't hit the certain lesson where they send you down metaphorically into the underworld. That's supposed to be fun. Um, yeah, I was going to say that's got to be a fun trip, right? Uh, well, I worked with Hades last year and everyone's like, Oh, why did you choose Hades? I'm like, 
because I've meditated with Hades and he's a cool dude. And I, I figured if I'm going to go down, have to go down into the underworld, let's get a, let's get a preview of what that's going to be like. And wow. When a God tells you buckle up buttercup, it's going to be a bumpy ride. You better listen to him. (laughs) (laughs) But he was cool. He was cool. He was like, you remember the show, the greatest American hero? Yes, vaguely. Okay. <laughs> I was born in eighty. <laughs> okay. The the lead actor, William Cat, he looked Hades looked a lot like him in my oh, mind. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, they give you a mental image of themselves of so that they're easier to relate to. And that's the image that popped into my head. I don't know why. But uh he was really cool and he's like, Bridget, you got this. Bridget got this because last year was a year of pure hell for me dealing with my friend um, because that's when all the drama went down. And um, I've never really prayed before as much as I prayed last year. And that's when my when my spiritual practice really came into fruition when I was going on to my knees before my older at least three times a week. Like just bawling, I was losing my mind because I'm stuck in this apartment because I really can't afford anything. And until the Section Eight application gets accepted, or the town of Islip looks at it, um, or they have an apartment available, I won't be able to move. But things look good. I'm supposed to move this year. That's what they're telling me. The guides, they're like, don't worry, this year is your year. You're gonna be good, Bridge. You're gonna be good. So we'll see. <laughs> Yeah, I, I hope that to... works out for you. I mean, oh. I mean, change of scenery sounds like it would do you really good. It would. And, you know, it's just hard when, you know, I see his van in the driveway and I just want to puke in my mouth. <laughs> but, yeah. Because yeah. You know, it just, you're like, oh, boy. It's like a Spanish soap opera over there. I call it as the stomach turns. Because... <laughs> <laughs> That's why I post those memes on the on the leftover army page because if I can laugh in my situation, everyone should be able to laugh. And that's what I was just gonna say is that through it all, you have got such an amazing sense of humor that I mean that will carry oh, you a I long ways. To. I mean, and that's that's yeah, one I of the to. big reasons I laugh at every. I laugh at as much shit as I can. Oh because, yeah, because I mean, when you come right down to it, I mean, the world can be a not funny place at all. And exactly. And and I really do believe that you can, you know, through, through optimism and just choosing to look at the world in a different light, you can make your own situation. If not better, you can certainly make it more bearable, which makes it feel better. Exactly. It's all in your attitude. Like whenever I find myself obsessing over something, I will start focusing on gratitude um, what am I grateful for? Well, I'm grateful for my doggy. I'm grateful for my friends in the army. I'm I'm grateful for you know, a roof over my head. You know, because if you go down that rabbit hole of depression, it takes a long time to get out of it. it a can. long time to get out of it. Yeah. So that's that's mainly why I post those memes on Facebook because I really need to laugh. And as long as, as long as I can laugh, I know I'm not too far gone. And I figure everyone has problems. 
and everyone needs an escape and we are inundated with information and usually it's negative. Even if you just log on to Facebook, it's like the sidebar of news. You know, this one, this country is blowing up this country. I'm like, oh, sweet Jesus Christ, shut up. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So that's why I try to distract myself with funny. Yeah. No, and I love it. Like, I guarantee you I laugh at 99% of them. (laughs) You're probably like, okay, here's another meme I'm going to post and Joe Stark's going to react ha-ha to this. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, honestly, they're so good. They're so funny. (laughs) Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad someone enjoys it because, you know, it just just takes the the sting out of life sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, it really does. There's nothing I like more than laughing. <laughs> like, and anybody who's listened to enough of this show knows it's like, yeah, Stark fucking laughs nonstop. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing. So. It's the counterbalance to, you know, life. I mean, you've got like two kids, you have a wife, you do your rock climbing when you can. Um, it sounds like you like your job. So, you know, you've got it pretty good. But, you know, everyone needs that little release. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. You know, come on. (laughs) (laughs) Feels like it's been forever since I've climbed him. I gotta get back into it. Well, when was the last time you climbed? uh, I I did a lot of gym climbing over the last Mm -hmm. year, but I haven't actually climbed outside. Like, I don't think I climbed outside once in 2017. Oh, is that because of your hands? Yeah, I, I had the hand injuries, and then I had hyperextended a knee also, and then, yeah. and But I did go out and bolt a new route in 2017, oh. so it's like I'm looking to the future. Are you looking waiting for the warmer weather? Maybe that's what you're waiting for? At, at this point, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Lindsay and I were talking about going out hiking this weekend and going out to this new place that, that her and I are going to be developing and just kind of oh. staring at it some more and walking right along the base of the cliff and, and kind of getting some plans made up and then also figuring out where to make a camping spot because when it's nice enough out we're gonna go out and so we'd probably like get off work on a friday load up the kids and Mm -hmm. go out there and stay friday night maybe even stay saturday night and just work and play the whole weekend out in the woods oh excellent yeah excellent that sounds like a lot of fun i mean i'm not one for camping but that sounds like a lot of fun especially with the boys yeah yeah it'd be great and like the river where it goes through there it's like really more of a like a big crick like for the most Mm. part you can see sandy bottom everywhere you look Mm. and so it's like we're gonna have to go down obviously and and scope it out before we just send the boys loose go go play in the water (laughs) now do you mean creek joe or do you mean crick yeah creek crick i don't know if that's a midwest thing coming up i mean to say creek but sometimes they say crick but then it's like if i ever write it out i'm like crick what the fuck is this (laughs) I'm At least I say soda, not you. pop. <laughs> I'm just poking at you. Oh, that's okay. Because like the, the quintessential Midwest thing, usually the way you can tell is if somebody calls soda pop. Oh, yeah. And it's like, no, no, but I, I've never liked the sound of it. <laughs> so I've always called it soda. <laughs> yeah, I had I had two cans of soda yesterday because I, I forgot my water at home. Ooh, that's a lot of sugar. <laughs> Oh, right. <laughs> oh, because it's a 12-ounce can, and one was like 33 grams of sugar. I'm like, sweet Christmas. Holy cow. <laughs> yeah, that'll be speeding if you're not used to it. Oh, well, I switched it when I, when I tried to 
cut out soda, I switched to flavored seltzer, and I was surprised that I like it. Um, so now when I drink soda, it tastes like syrup to me. Oh yeah. Ooh, ugh, that's my big. That's my addiction. Sugar. Oh, it's a that's a hard monkey to get off your back. Well, I blame that on my siblings because when you know when I was born, you know my. My sister was 16, my other brother was 14, and Chris was 12. So before they left for school, they would put Pepsi-Cola in my bottle and give it to me and then go off to school. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's a wonder I have teeth today. <laughs> Holy crap. That and Fruity Pebbles for breakfast. Ooh, yeah. Because my mom worked at this local restaurant, so she would have the night shift, and I wasn't allowed to, you know, make any noise. I could turn; they would turn on my cartoons for me before they went on school. But they're like, "You have to be quiet until mommy gets up." And mom's rule was, "Do not talk to me until I've had at least one cup of coffee and two cigarettes, <laughs> or I will kill you." So, <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> and as I get older, I get I realize I'm getting more and more like my mom. <laughs> yeah, it's funny how that works, right? Oh, geez, it is. Like I'm like I get up, I walk the dog, then I come home, I make my coffee. Well, you know, <clears throat> then I feed him, and then I walk to my altar to, to do my morning devotion. I'm like, oh, sweet Jesus, get me through this day. <laughs> <laughs> Please put one hand on my shoulder, the other on my mouth, so I don't curse anyone out before I've had my coffee. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know. So, oh, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, it's okay. I was done. I was going to ask, when when did you get into, now, what, like, what exactly is your religion? Wicca. Okay, um, that's what I thought. I consider myself an eclectic witch, which means <laughs> um, I'm constantly evolving. Like there are different traditions of Wicca. There's, there's, there are the garden tradition traditions. Yeah, different traditions of Wicca. There's the Gardner tradition after Gerald Gardner, the founder of that. There's the Raymond Buckland tradition. Um, there's kitchen witchery. There's all kinds of you know. It's all all different kinds of limbs on this one tree <laughs> of Wicca. Okay. Um, the reason why I turned to Wicca, <clears throat> um, I guess my mom was raised a Catholic. She went to parochial school and loved it, you know. But I never had a um, relationship with my father for whatever reason. He just didn't think that I existed. He would pretend I didn't exist. That was his deal, not mine. That's his choice. Um, but Catholicism left a very sour taste in my mouth because to me, it was very patriarchal. So for a kid with no father, it didn't resonate with me, if you know what I mean. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so, you know, I did make my communion and... Um, I did go to religious classes and, um, but it just, it never resonated with me. My mom tells the funny story. She goes, before you made your communion, you were required to go for your first confessional. And the reason why I remember this is because when I learned you were a witch, I said, I should have known then Jew is going to be trouble. 
Because <laughs> good God. <laughs> well, she goes, you weren't rude. It was just funny. So I go, she tells me that I went into, um, because the, the, the reverend told her what I said. I went to the <laughs> confessional booth again, and he's like, you know, as a, as a seven year old kid, what do you have to confess that you cursed out your mom or something? You know? Yeah. I mean, what a heavy concept to lay on a seven year old too. Holy crap. So he's like, do you have anything to confess father? I said, no, but I do have a question. And he's like, all right, what's your question? I said, God is omnipotent, right? Yes. Oh, I read a lot as a child, so that's why I had a huge vocabulary. <laughs> and uh, he he said, yes, God's omnipotent. Okay. So if God is everywhere, why do I need to tell you my sins? He already knows them because he's seen me do it all. Good question. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes when we confess our sins to another, it gets off our chest to, it's, it's a matter of cleansing. Got it. Okay. I still think it's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so he told this to my mother. You don't tell the priest that this is stupid. You're going to go to hell for that, Missy. <laughs> I'm like, you know. And that was the other thing. If these, you know, Ten Commandments, you know, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor, you know, that. You know, you go out into the parking lot after church. This one's, you know, trying to run this one over to get to the best parking spot. You know, it's short lived. (laughs) Have you ever watched any of Bill Burr's stand up specials? Yes, I love Bill Burr. He reminds me of my brother, Chris. (laughs) When he talks about that, uh, he's talking about how he'd like to teach his son lessons when they're playing catch. Uh And when he brings up God, and I'm a totally spoil one of his punchlines here but it's just too funny not to bring up with you he's like well god's everywhere but i gotta go down there to see him and he's mad at me and i owe him money (laughs) (laughs) that's hysterical it's so funny (laughs) but it's like so true (laughs) oh it is true it is true and you know the way they they used hell as this punishment you know Everyone's going to hell. I'm like, well, what the fuck's the point? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So anyway, as I got older, oh, when I made my communion, they made us, you know, sit at this on this altar, the huge altar, dais, whatever you want to call it. And they have this huge picnic laid out. So, children, we have this, that, and the other thing. Now, what's missing? And little Bridget goes, the bread, duh. And my brothers are cracking up. They're like, oh, holy shit. She's going to hell. <laughs> so young Bridget was quite precocious. <laughs> oh, yes. I just, I'm like, I don't have the patience for this shit. <laughs> <laughs> I just like the incense and I love the Mother Mary statues. That's, And I laugh now because I'm like, oh, well, Mother Mary, the goddess. Hello. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but the reason why I got into the into the broom was because all my friends were getting married and not hanging out. I don't know. I guess when you get married, you're not allowed to hang out with your friends anymore. <laughs> I guess that's what happens. Um, so I sought out the broom as a matter of community and, you know, a uh, social life. And <clears throat> I was interested in Wicca before that, you know, when the craft came out, you oh, know, yeah, I remember that the big boom of that, 
<clears throat> in fact, everyone tells you, oh, you look like Nancy. Okay, that's not a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> was Nancy the one that was also in um, uh, The Water Boy? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's not a compliment. It's not a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> so you know i'm like all right so what it is is wicca is a it's a nature-based religion <clears throat> like look at a christmas wreath it's a we celebrate the cycle of the seasons so if you look at let me get my little wheel of the year thingy here if you look at the wheel of the year you got like a clock at 12 o'clock you got yule and then at one o'clock you got in bulk. That's we we're in the season of in bulk now. That's the season for um, sympathy magic. Like we light candles and we stamp on the ground to wake up Persephone to you know to make spring come faster. Um, Ostara, which when I learned about Ostara, the light bulb went off because when I was a kid and Easter came around, I'm like, what the hell does Easter Bunny? And Jesus have to do with each other. That makes no fucking sense. Yeah. Shut up and eat your chocolate, Bridget. <laughs> <laughs> For Thanks. a second, I was like, where have I heard that word? And then as soon as you said Easter, I was like, American gods. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, Easter comes from the word Aostar. Aostar was a, god, a star goddess or something like that. See, I'm not good with all the goddesses. There's countless of goddesses, but... Ao star would come down to Earth in the form of a bunny, and it's all about fertilization, about springtime renewal, you know that whole thing. So that's what eggs have to do with Easter. Personally, I just watched Monty Python: Life of Brian and Cole today. It'd <laughs> <laughs> be so brilliant. <laughs> it is, isn't it? Now, Beltane is the marriage of the god and goddess, and. The funny story about this is that <laughs> way back when, <laughs> before there was Pathmark and AMP and stuff, <laughs> you there were farmers, and you know they had a you had a you had to uh, farm your crops and your food and shit like that. Well, they used to have these strong arm contests, these strongman contests, and the most rudimentary form of a beauty pageant. And uh, the winner of the strong arm contest and the winner of the beauty pageant would, they would have a parade and celebration, and then they would go out to, quote unquote, water the fields. If you know what I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you know, bow chicka bow wow time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, this is how it's explained to me. <laughs> I just love, love bow chicka wow wow time. <laughs> Well, if you listen to porn music from the 70s, it's like, what the fuck is this? (laughs) (laughs) So we'll get back to the god and goddess later. (laughs) Now, Letha, they call it the midsummer solstice because uh, (laughs) summer, it's really not midsummer because summer starts on June 21st. Mm Mm-hmm. But as far as the pagans consider it, from like mid-May to mid-June, summer has already kind of started. Um, so that's why, the, and the sun is at its peak. 
because that's when the sun is highest in the sky. So that's the solstice. That's when you start doing your, you give your, um, your Yule seed. I'll get back to that in a minute. Your Yule seed, the, um, final blast of magic. I'll explain that in a minute. Uh, Lamas. Now here's, here's where the God and God has come back into it. <clears throat> if there wasn't a good heart, a bountiful harvest, um, that strong man, well, he was cut open and his blood would water the fields and he would be sown into the earth. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, so if I was a strong man, then I would not want to be in that contest. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> um, next we have Mabin, and that's our spiritual Thanksgiving. That's in September. And lastly, Samhain. For you True Blood fans out there, not Sam Hain. Okay? <laughs> that would drive me bananas when I would hear that. I'm like, Samhain. Samhain. But it's um, spelled the same? And they just yeah, pronounce it wrong? Yeah, Sam Hain. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> Freaking people. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Sam Hain, Samhain, Samhain, see now they have me saying it, Samhain, <laughs> holy crap, it's, it's, um, you know how that movie Coco came out with the, the Day of the Dead and how they honored the dead? Uh-huh. Okay. You'll find that many cultures have that kind of celebration, like China, I think it's China, though, my friend told me that, that, that there's a day that the families gather in cemeteries and the old tell stories of their ancestors to the young. I think we're the only country that fears death and stays away from cemeteries. We're the only one. I think we're the only culture that kind of blocks out death when death is a very natural thing. Oh yeah. Just look at the way we treat our dead for the most part. Yeah, you know, exactly. Stuff them full of embalming fluid so that they don't decompose. You're going to put them in a box and then put that in a big crypt and then bury it all underground, but keep it completely separate from where it could go back into, you know, the earth from whence it came. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That whole process freaks me the fuck out. Uh, if it were up to well, me, like I'm dead, burn me on a pyre like Luke did to Darth Vader. Uh-huh. And just scatter exactly. the ashes. No no need to pump my blood out and replace it with embalming fluid and do creepy shit like that. <laughs> they See, tell I me it's the law. What, I want to do what they're, they're coming out with now. With, when you're cremated, your ashes are put into like this plant pod. Yes. And you grow into a tree. I know. Wouldn't that be awesome? That would be so cool. Like, don't put me in a box, please. I'm claustrophobic. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> um anyway for Samhain we usually have this well for each sabbat the the major holy days are called sabbats the moon cycles are called espats which is like full moon new moon and dark moon okay um for for Samhain we have what's called the dumb supper where you will, or the silent supper, if you will, where you will sit at the table and you will set places for members of your family who have crossed over. And then you have a, it's called a silent supper because you bring food that the, 
the ones that Crossover would have enjoyed if they were here on Earth. And you commune with them silently. It's a really beautiful um, celebration. There's nothing scary about our religion. There is no devil in the craft. That's a Christian thing. I think the Christians got that from our horned god, um, Cernanos, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Those Gaelic names kill me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, they do. (laughs) Um, So, you know, that I think that's where they get that from. I'm not sure. I really don't pay attention to the Christians. There's nothing wrong with Christians. It's just, you know, when they start denigrating other religions other than their own, that's when I have a problem with them. Um, That's when I'll have a problem with almost any group. (sighs) But that's why when I, when I see that, those little bumper stickers that say, keep the Christ in Christmas. I get a little twitchy. Oh, that's ironic, isn't it? It's oh, like, it's like, yeah, you guys actually just stole that from the pagans. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? It, you know, for I give them a little slack because this happened thousands of years ago when they were trying to spread Christianity throughout the land. So they were adapting our traditions to make it easier for the pagans to go along with the game. Yeah, that's you know that's fine. Where I have an issue with it is with the Bible. Now, keep in mind, I've never read the Bible. My friend tells me it's the best soap opera you will ever read. <laughs> I guess. It's got a lot of crazy shit in it. I'm not going to lie. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> whatever. You know, it is what it is. The reason why we don't have a book, the pagan community, is because most of the, the Druids, the early Druids, they never, they didn't read or write. And if they did... If they kept any records, they would be destroyed if they were persecuted. That that could be used against them. Yeah. And the word warlock does not mean male witch, which is that word witch is gender neutral. It drives me crazy when I hear the witch or warlock. Yeah. Warlock is an ancient word. It's called it means oath breaker. And what that means is in ancient times, you really had to go through a pro- an initiation process to join a coven because witches were so persecuted back then for their beliefs. And there were people who were sent in to infiltrate covens to expose them. Uh. So that's where you get warlock from. Okay. So um, now to get back to the Yule and the Yule Seed, some pagan traditions consider Samhain the new year, uh, the witch's new year. But being that's the season of death, um, I would not want to make my New Year's resolution in death. I would. Rem- the Yule is the season. The winter solstice, solstice signifies the rebirth of the sun or the sun god, if you will. That's when the sun starts you know, getting lighter a minute by minute each progressing day. Yeah, that's why the winter solstice is so exciting. Because it's exactly. like, this is the worst that winter's going to get in terms of our sunshine. After this point, the days are going to start getting longer again. Exactly, exactly. So our community often has like a Yule spell. And every, it's like a resolution, if you will. Like mine, mine was for a new home. 
Um, so, uh, you, 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 you think about that spell and you meditate on it when we do a lot of meditation <laughs> and each year we're given like when we go to the Yule party at the broom, which is open to the public for friends and family of the broom or just patrons that come to our classes. And what we do is we each ask each person to bring in an ornament <clears throat> to represent what we would like to bring to the world in the new year. So say this year I brought the star, uh, an ornament of in the shape of a star to bring hope to the world. And then we each, you know, hang it on the tree and then we blast the tree with energy, with good will and energy. And then, um, plus, and then like a Firelene's basement bum rush, <laughs> we each take an <laughs> ornament, you know, from what, like I, I got Tinkerbell, which is for faith, trust, and pixie dust, you know, from the, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's excellent. <laughs> Yeah, it's really and it's really cool because the at the end of the year, I think it's um at Sowentide, we use every part of that tree. It spends the whole year in our temple room gathering that magic, that energy that we do throughout the year through new moons, full moon rituals in the temple. And then they use the pine needles for incense. Um uh, the pine needles for incense, uh, they use all parts of the tree. I don't, I forget how it goes, but at the end of the year, when the, the trunk of the tree is bare, we put that into, I think it's at Belte, we put that into the bonfire and we burn that for the bonfire. Nice. Um, yeah, it's really cool. So when I see the live trees at curbsides after Christmas, that makes me so sad. It really does make me sad. Because it's like people are just throwing out all that magic. Oh, yeah. And it's a living thing. You know, you just, yeah, it served your purpose. And now you're just ditching it at the curb, you oh. know, yeah. you know, use it for firewood or something. I don't know. <laughs> that just drives me crazy. <laughs> That's why I go, oh, you muggles. <laughs> <laughs> Good use of that word. <laughs> oh, you crazy muggles. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of the way that this sort of stuff is like portrayed in pop culture? Um, hmm, that's a good question. It, like the craft did get some things right. They did. You don't need four watch towers though. And people have to, they really need to start um, emphasizing in pop culture that our threefold law, that what you throw out to the universe comes back to you threefold. And with love spells, you're messing and you're manipulating someone's free will when you do a love spell. Um, I've had a, a dear friend's daughter ask me to do a love spell for her, and I told her, unless it's a self-love spell, no. She's like, what do you mean no? You know which? I'm like, sweetheart. When you do a love spell, you're messing with someone's free will. Go watch the craft and see what happens to the one character. Then you come back and tell me if you still want me to do that love spell. She never did. (laughs) (sighs) There are consequences to your actions. That's basically what it is. And I'll be honest with you, Joe. I really don't do that many spells unless it's for the highest good. 
um, like my my perfect home spell is perfect rent for perfect uh, place, perfect home in a perfect space for the highest good. And we usually add a add the tagline for the highest good and harming none as I will it so let it be done. Um, the tagline is kind of like a loophole, <laughs> if you will. Because you you really have to be careful. When you do a spell, you're putting your intent. A spell is basically a prayer with props, if you will. Okay. That's basically what it is. And, you know, if you ever watch Charmed, The Power of Three will set us free. Um, Put some feeling into that, bitch. (laughs) 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 What the fuck? That show annoyed. It was good in the beginning, and then they just started vanquishing demons by throwing potions at them. Are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not how it works, dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> you have to have the the intent has to have emotion behind it. <laughs> okay. Otherwise, it's like you know, there's nothing. It's like bleh. It's like great. What are you going to do with that now? <laughs> it's, it's it's ridiculous. It's redundant. So, But it, the spell, I had a laugh when uh, Brian brought up the um, the uh, the secrets, the book, The Secret, when he was on your show. I think it was your show. I listened to so many of the podcasts, I can't keep track of who said what on I've, what podcasts. I've done so many of them now, I can't keep track of <laughs> <laughs> I think it was your podcast because he was talking about his boss made everyone make it this vision board. And uh, I'm like, yeah, that's the law of attraction. And vision boards do work, but he shouldn't have brought that into the workplace. That's that. It, unless you understand the law of attraction, unless you you're behind it, it's not going to work for you. That's what Pinterest Pinterest is a freaking vision board. That's all it is. <laughs> <laughs> now the secret, that's like the thing where like you just kinda like picture the way that you want your life to be and if you believe it hard enough then it, it can happen, right? Yeah, exactly. The law of attraction attraction suggests that what you think about you bring about. Our thoughts are like magnets. So if you like stub your toe on the way to your car and then you know, it snowballs from there like, oh, fuck, this is going to be a bad day. Oh, shit, why didn't I just stay in bed today? And it just snowballs from there. Unless you change your thought patterns, it's just going to snowball and it's going to get to be the crappiest day ever. Yeah. Well, that, it, that works right in with what I was saying earlier that I try and keep a positive attitude just because yeah, the world has a tendency to be shit. But if you can smile your way through it, it might be a little bit better. So, I, I mean, yeah, I can kind of relate to the secret a little bit then. Yeah, and if you find yourself, like, say you stub your toe and it becomes a chain reaction event, just stop. Before you start your car, just stop. Take a few deep breaths. Because, excuse me, don't enter, underestimate the, the exercise of deep breathing because it, it's a way of grounding and centering you, and that's a, that's the witch's platform. Before we do anything, we ground and center. Um because you just, when you ground and center, you just you pull, you're gathering your energies from all aspects of your life and bringing it, in, bringing it into you, into your solar solar plexus, and you're just breathing that in, and you're just centering yourself, bringing yourself into the present, not worrying about what's what you're gonna have for dinner tonight. <laughs> Don't worry yeah. about it. You know, just bring yourself into the present, 
and all will be good. If you have to stop and do that several times throughout the day, that's fine. Like, who's going to know that you're doing that? And you might find yourself having a better day because of it. I think people are so into immediate gratification and everything's rush, 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 rush. That if you just stopped, took a moment, just one minute, a New York minute, if you will, and just breathed, you'd have a lot better day than if you just to, you know, like a bull in a China shop. <laughs> yeah. No, I know what you mean. My, my wife does a lot of meditation. Mm-hmm. And like I've I haven't done near as much as she has, but like I've had a lot of success with it. And just the whole process of being mindful when you were talking about breathing mm-hmm. and, and yep. just, you know, banishing those other thoughts and just being present in that moment of what you're doing and just try and keep your mind clear. And if an intrusive mm-hmm. thought does come in, just acknowledge it and then let it exactly. go away. And it's like, I don't know, I love listening to my wife tell me about her meditations because she does lots of guided meditations mm-hmm. yep. and and it's it's really really cool and it's something that i need to make more time for because i remember the first time i tried meditating i was working in a convenience store and i was dealing with lots of stupid people on a daily basis <laughs> and it would just get to the point where i couldn't handle it anymore and it was like i can't stand here and and, and smile at one more idiot and ring up their pack of cigarettes and like not want to fucking scream. And so I would go into the walk-in cooler and I would just sit down crisscross applesauce on top of like stacks of cases of beer. Uh And I would just close my eyes and I would just like envision that I was sitting on a beach and as the water was coming in and going away, I'd match my breathing to it. Nice. And, and within five minutes I would be, totally calm and at peace and then I could come out and and do my job again but it'd just be it'd get to a point where I'd just look at a coworker and be like I need to take five I will be in the cooler <laughs> that is the best use of your break time Joe good for you yeah and it, it worked every time it worked like a charm I think if more people did that if more people took five minutes just to breathe and just concentrate on their breath this world would be a lot a better place for it because <laughs> everyone would be a lot calmer. <laughs> well, I agree. Well, and also in the in the process of being, you know, mindful like that, it it forces you to examine yourself a little bit. Like not as yeah. not as intensely as say like a like a psychedelic experience or something like that, but like it really does make you sit and think about it. And if you are a person that's driven by your ego and you're doing things that negatively impact the world around you, that stuff's going to come to light in those mm-hmm. moments where you're just sitting and being mindful. And and I I don't practice it near as much as I should, but I I believe mm-hmm. in it. I really do. It, do you guys have a TV in your bedroom? Forgive me for getting a little intrusive there. I do, but it's it's we only have one Chromecast, and it flo- floats back and forth between the TVs. So oh. I don't have the TV in my bedroom on all that often. Okay, the reason why I asked is if you um I have this app on my phone called um what is it called Sleep Orbit. And it's a it's a bunch of white noise that you can choose from. Like you can make a mix. Like I have campfire, or there's ocean waves, or rain and thunderstorm. Um, and I fall asleep to that. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah. Um, and that really helps because falling asleep with the TV on is not a good idea. Because no, that- I can't. I can't sleep like that myself. 
because uh, I I discourage a lot of my tarot clients from doing that. I said, because you're throughout the day, you're looking at your phone. You're probably looking at a computer, um, the TV when you get home to unwind. So you're always looking at this, you know, the screen with the blue light, you know, behind it. So your mind doesn't have time to wind down from the day. So, um, and they come back and they're like, oh yeah, that really worked. You know, I only got this app recently. Um, uh, my friend turned me on to it because she's like, don't spend $30 on, on a white noise machine. You, there's an app for that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> I need white noise when I sleep. I'm personally, I'm addicted to my box fan. Yeah, well, I need the white noise machine because sometimes my landlord has loud sex. Apparently, she thinks she's Jenna Jameson. Oh, so. <laughs> How awkward is that to hear through the wall? Jesus. Oh, I have no, I have no hesitation of banging on the wall, telling her, "Do you need nine one one?" And for a while, I was going to ask one of the guys from the army to get the soundbite of um, that guy from uh, Street Fighter. Finish her. <laughs> <laughs> so my friend's like, no, no, I'll get, I'll, I'll record one of the the girls from my pornos and I'll oh, send no. it to you. I'm like, you know what? That would not be a good idea. <laughs> That's so weird. <laughs> well you know what it's an old house it's like an old victorian house and the side that i'm on is the original part of the house and my apartment is the upstairs the second floor of the uh, original house so my kitchen is supposed to be a, a a bedroom and it's right next door to her bedroom so yeah That could make for an interesting dinner party, right? <laughs> oh. Well, I usually don't have people in my in my apartment because a the kitchen floor looks like shit because she's got this linoleum tile that when we had a hot summer on one day the corners started popping up, so I end up tripping on it and breaking off pieces of the corners. Oh no! It looks like white trashville. Oh. Um, <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> And then she cracks me up because I came home. She was decorating for Christmas. And I'm like, the porch rail is wrought iron. It's supposed to be white wrought iron. Right now it's rusted wrought iron. Okay. <laughs> so she put this, you know, the uh, this evergreen bow across the front. How does it look? It looks like shit. <laughs> Why are you saying like that? You're emphasizing the crappiest looking part of the... <laughs> <laughs> and if that's not well she's like turn on your exterior light so i turn it on and it's a red light bulb i'm like what are we in amsterdam yeah i know that's what i was just gonna say <laughs> <laughs> oh sweet jesus christ <laughs> she's like, come into tea and listen to my landlord fuck through the wall like, oh no i'm like you know what? If you need the booty call, maybe you should get the red light and I'll take the green light, dumbass. <laughs> well, it worked out because my light is broken. The uh, the motion sensor is broken. So it started to strobe out. I'm like, I'm going to give someone a heart attack or an epileptic fit. I'm turning right. this shit off. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, 
that's, uh, that's awkward to have to listen to that to the wall though like i i remember there were times where where me and my buddy would get back to his place and his older brother would be going at it with his girlfriend upstairs and so we'd walk in we'd be talking and all of a sudden there'd be like a little bit of silence and you're like, oh and be like oh shit let's go down to the basement where we're not gonna hear this <laughs> Well, I get it. You know, in the throes of passion, you may not realize how loud you are, right? Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, when you know that you have tenants and you know that there's virtually no insulation between the walls, show some consideration. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, what are you going to do? It's – I I just like roll my eyes and yeah. It's like your neighbors shouldn't need to have a cigarette when you're done. Also, right? <laughs> no, it's. <yeah. laughs> I just I'm a visual, very visual person, so like I don't need the mental images that go along with this. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just had the mental image of the of Fight Club though, also <laughs> with all that going down in that movie. <laughs> And, you know, it doesn't help when that asshole called our mutual friend um, because this this whole drama started last, like, a year this month, a year ago this month. Um, Our mutual friend um, who lives out in California um, called me, but I was – I had taken NyQuil because I was, I felt like the flu was coming on, so I wanted to like sleep it off before it mm-hmm. got any worse. So the next day, I get the text, Bridget. Um, this is Ange. I need you to call the police because he's being really abusive towards her. Blah, blah. I'm like, what the fuck? But because he's in California, I can't call him that early. You know, three hour difference. So long story short, he calls me. He's like, Bridget, he is like so abusive to her. He called me on her phone telling me that she's a fat cunt, that she's a whore. And do I know the specifics of what she likes in bed? And that and he's yelling at her while he's on the phone with me saying, why do you have a gay best friend? That's stupid. You're not in high school anymore. I'm your best friend. I'm like, what the fuck is Holy going shit. on? Yeah, that sounds like, oh man, that would be so hard to watch your friend go through. Oh, well, if she had locked him out of the house when he went back out for beer, that would be one thing. But she seems to like the drama surrounding her. Because not two months later, I didn't know that they had quote-unquote broken up. And I thought she was at his house because her car wasn't in the driveway. So I hear rumbling around next door, and I think it's her probably packing to go over to his place. No, he broke into her apartment and stole her effing vibrator. I'm like, what is wrong with you? Was he jealous of it? No, he's jealous of her. She's, supposedly, she has the secret life where she's talking to all these different guys online, and you know, yada yada yada. She's sending this one sex pictures of herself, and I'm like, dude, who the f cares? I don't care. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I can see why you're trying to cut that out. Oh, it's just I'm sick and tired of the drama. I'm just like. Oh, so Angela, as a result of all this, though, there is, you know, (laughs) turning lead into gold in that my relationship with Angelo 
has gotten better. Whereas she was the wall between us. Like she would make us one of us think that, you know, one hated the other one. We really didn't, you know, it was just that she was the filter between us. And I'm just like, whatever. But I recently found out from him. He's like, do you know the things that she would say to people before they would meet you? Like, you know, our mutual friends. I'm like, no. And he's like, yeah, she would say, let me explain Bridget to you before you meet her. I'm like, what the fuck? What? Am I an algebra problem now? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's just fucking rude. Now, if she had said, listen, you know, before you meet Bridget, she has a lazy right eye and she's a little self-conscious of it. So I just want to give you a little warning. I'm like, that would be one thing because I do have a lazy eye and I am self-conscious with new people. Um, My old friends tell me I don't even notice it anymore. You know, I only notice if you're sick or really tired because it goes out and up. Yeah. So, yeah, so it sucks. Well, I used to wear a patch when I was little <laughs> on the left eye to make the right eye work better. Mm-hmm. And uh, during one hot summer, it was so hot. My eye was sweating under the patch. I just ripped that thing off. I also ripped off my eyebrow. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, why did you do that? I'm like, it was effing hot. <laughs> <laughs> My eyebrows are so thick, you would notice if I was missing one. Oh. They're like well, two caterpillars racing across my forehead. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, it's, I can see out of the eye, and my attitude is, you know what, I have two functioning limbs, four functioning limbs, excuse me, there's nothing wrong with my arms. <laughs> 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 you know, I can see out of the eye. I have great peripheral vision out of that right eye. It's just my depth perception is off with it. And I was just going to ask about your depth perception. Yeah, it's like escalators are a fucking nightmare because the stairs are moving. Yeah. So, uh, and you know what? Fuck anyone who says New Yorkers aren't nice because I used to take Amtrak to see my aunt upstate and. You know, when you're in the Amtrak terminal, you have to take an escalator down to the platform. Well, all three times that I took the escalator down, there was always someone there who said, you know, let me give me your bags. I'll meet you at the bottom. And they were good people. Most of them had kids, like all three couples that did this had had kids. So I could trust them. It wasn't like this long guy offering to help me. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, give me your bag. (laughs) Yeah, I think so. So, you know, and they were very good about it. It's just I have to time it. And if I sense that there's people behind me getting impatient, that's when I get nervous and that's when I'll end up going down on my ass. (laughs) That wouldn't be fun, especially on an escalator. Fuck that. Those things are already scary. Going up, it's no problem. It's going down on the escalator. That's a freaking nightmare. And any um, cellar stairs with the no backing, that makes me nervous. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. Oh, it's and any stairs with treads because then my eyes see double like it's like the step immediately below me and then the the first two treads of the step below it. So it looks like um double step. Yeah. So I'm like this is a fucking nightmare. <laughs> but I manage. I manage just fine. But <laughs> What are you going to do? But, you know, for her to say that to people, it, but it, that was her way of pushing me down to make herself look better. Yeah. And that's, 
that's yeah. just shit when people do that, especially if it's a friend doing that. It's like, what the hell, man? You know, I thought this person was like my sister, basically, you know, from another, another mother. No, she was a bitch. And um, he also told me, he's like, you know, she would like push you down in front of other people. And he's like, you know, I had nothing to go on because I didn't know you that well. So, you know, and she would tell me, oh, I have to take care of Bridget, this, that, and the other thing. He's like, she made you sound like the fucking village idiot. I'm like, and Joe, I'll tell you, I have a learning disability. They never, like, labeled it. It has to do with my hypothyroidism because I was born without a thyroid or a very little piece of it. So, you know, I was just slower, slower than the other kids. There was no, I wasn't, like, dyslexic. I didn't have ADD or anything of that. It was I learned at a slower pace than the other kids. That was all. Yeah. You know, well, that's but, kind of a problem with the public school system too. Oh, is that it tries to take I don't care what people want to say. Children are all very unique. Yes. And if you try and stuff them all in the exact same box, the exact same shaped box, they're not all going to fit the same like just the giant differences in between the two kids i have it's mm-hmm. it's amazing yeah it is everyone everyone learns at a different pace and you know and that's the other thing they they're too fast to label someone with add or adhd and the reason why i think we have like an uprise in that is because kids are looking they're playing video games you know um or they're looking at their phones or their tablets or what have you they're not getting outside to play as often so you know their their attention spans are next to nothing you know what i'm saying oh yeah so and you know i have to laugh because we have these um individual education reports when i was in school ieps and you know they evaluate you and mine said i think i got it when i graduated high school which is an a very angry little girl. I start to laugh because I'm like, <laughs> Bridget was probably a very angry little girl because she had a patch on one eye and hand-eye coordination problem, and then she was bumping into walls. <laughs> True that, right? <laughs> like, come on. People like, I'm the only the- kid in my class with a fucking eye patch. You think I'm not going to have issues with that? <laughs> exactly. You think the other kids are awesome to me about that? Oh, actually... I have to say that I wasn't bullied all that much until I got into high school. High school was a bear for me. It was awful. I started wearing glasses in third grade, so I heard four eyes and all that shit so often. God Bullshit. (laughs) Try being a girl and you start developing in like sixth grade because you're on like this um, thyroid supplement that makes you develop early. That was a fucking nightmare. I'm just like, what? And mom's like, well, I I didn't know how to explain this to you because I didn't want you to think that you cut yourself down there. How the hell would I cut myself down there? Right? (laughs) Actually, I should give mom credit because she was very, um, (laughs) for the late 70s, early 80s, she was a very progressive mom, single mom. And... You know, even though she was bitter and she had her issues, um, she was a good mom to me. She was my first person. She's still my best friend because she's like, listen, I'm going to tell you one thing now. 
if you don't learn anything from me, I want you to always remember this. Develop your self-esteem, develop your self-respect because Bridget, once you hit a certain age and if you don't have that self-respect about you, you're going to get into a lot of trouble. I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, you, if you have a lot of self-doubt, you're going to do things that you ordinarily wouldn't do if you had boundaries. And you only have boundaries when you have self-respect. I'm like, okay. I didn't understand that until I was in my 30s. <laughs> <laughs> it can be hard to, that's a, uh, self, self-esteem and self-respect is a very hard thing to learn. It is. And you, I think a lot of that you learn through experience. Well, you know, with having two kids, it's, it's very hard, I think, for a parent to step back and let their kids make mistakes. It is hard. Because you want to jump in and go, ooh, is that a good idea for you to do? Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because you, you want to protect your young. You don't want to, uh, you know, want them to get hurt. But at the same time, you want them to learn, you know? Yeah. Because if you do step in too much, then they're not learning. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, making, for me, I learn the best by making mistakes. Exactly. Exactly. Now, like, part of that is, is that, like, I hold myself to a high standard and I'm a bit of a perfectionist. And it's one of those things that I've had to try and make peace with. And I've gotten better at it as I've gotten older. But when I was younger, it was very hard. And so I had a lot, like, I still have some, I still have plenty of self-esteem issues, but it was much worse when I was in like middle school and high school. Oh yeah. But but I feel like the older I've gotten, I've gotten a lot better at it. Yeah. Well, your, your high school and your middle school years, those are part of your formative years. And you think when you're that age, you think, you know, that's your world. You know, once you, but when you graduate from high school, there's a whole other world out there. And you're like, well, fuck. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, especially with me, like my high school graduating class, I started the year with a little over a hundred. And when graduation day came along, we were just under a hundred. Oh, we had a lot more. Well, I mean, I knew when I was a a senior in high school, I knew the first name of every single student I saw in the hallway, freshman through senior. Wow. Is, you know, in, in that, in a way, that really sucked. Yeah. <laughs> so it was great going to college and then being like, I went to a community college that is like the biggest community college in the nation. Oh. And so it just happens to be in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. It's Kirkwood Community College. And and then it was like, I remember walking through the hallways and like not knowing anybody and having it make me feel socially awkward, but mm-hmm. making me feel better than everybody here thinks they know me. Uh, you know I what see. I mean? It's yep. like at least at least now I nobody knows me and I can just freaking go through anonymously and and it's great. I don't have any of this, you know, being judged by the people I hung out with or you know, people's perceived notions of me because it was small school and there was gossip and all sorts of shit like that and Oh yeah, rumors must go around rapid fire when your school is that small. Mm, yeah, it's ridiculous. Oh, that's awful. I didn't go to college. I went <laughs> I went to Job Corps, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have a degree in graphic design that I paid a lot of money for, and I've done virtually nothing with. So, I who's the job smarter one? School of Life. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I mean, my brother Philip had a fit 
when he found out when mom took me because he's like, do you understand that it's either job corps or jail for most of those kids? You put my little <laughs> sister up there. Are you out of your mind? <laughs> so what is job corps? Job corps is a department of labor program. It's a vocational training um, <laughs> school, if you want to call it that. Um, but it, you, you know, most of the, a lot of the inner city kids went there and he was right. Most of the kids are like, they, they just start to get into trouble. So instead of a reform school, they go to job corps. It's either job corps or jail where you learn a trade from like building maintenance to, um, nur- nurses assistant. Uh, I went to office for office skills in the hopes of getting into the cosmetology program. Um, that they had there, but it was a full program. So, um, but you lived on site. This is like, it's a suburb of Albany. So, um, it was, it was a beautiful, beautiful campus. It used to be a monastery, believe it or not. (laughs) Oh, I bet that would be beautiful. Oh, it was gorgeous. And like in the wintertime, but I was a very sheltered little girl from Long Island, (laughs) little white girl from Long Island. (laughs) So I had really very little exposure to the world. So when I went there, I was very homesick, very homesick. But it turned out to be the best thing for me to throw me in to that deep water and do the whole sink or swim thing. Because if I hadn't done that, I probably should be would be sheltered to this day if I hadn't had that experience. Um and my, they call it my orientation group or your input group. They were really good people. And I really found uh, a lot of inner strength there where, <clears throat> you know, you were made to do chores. They, a lot of the purpose was drawn to making these kids take up some responsibility. I always had chores going. I had to put up, you know, sort my clothes, do my own wash, put my clothes away. So that was, it was, um, cleaning the bathroom for these, you know, the shared bathroom. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ, this is disgusting. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I walked in one day and no joke, this girl was straddling the sink, shaving her private area. (laughs) I'm like, okay, number one, how can you see what you're doing? (laughs) Number two, here's the comet. When you're done, just... <laughs> <laughs> just, just liberally sprinkle that about. <laughs> Holy. Oh, my God. <laughs> what a fucking thing to walk in. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I don't want to know. <laughs> oh, But I, my first night there, I'll never forget it. Um, they were like having, you know, this music playing out in the courtyard and with the with the orientation group come on girl you you can dance i'm like no i am like whiter than white (laughs) (laughs) i have no rhythm (laughs) you can do the the awkward dance of caucasian that's about it (laughs) (laughs) yeah i can do like you know spin my index fingers in a wheel and do the little john travolta thing that's about it (laughs) (laughs) you got some sick saturday night fever moves It's awful. <laughs> but so they tried to get me to dance and they're like, girl, you ain't got no rhythm. I'm like, did I not just tell you that? 
That's hilarious. But they were they were the nicest group. In fact, <laughs> um, towards the end of my stay, I was elected to take part in this Marist College um, elective course for public speaking. Um, you had to be in the leadership program, and of course, I was because I was like the golden child there. Because Bridget was raised, you do what you're told without question. That's how I was raised. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was great for my mom. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I was gonna say, it helps you get off. along and that sort of stuff too, you know. <laughs> exactly. Um, but unfortunately, um, and I only remembered this when this, all this Hollywood harassment started to kick up. Because I'm like, oh, holy shit, I forgot all about that. Um, one of the teachers um, <laughs> locked me in the room and um, copped a feel. And stuck his tongue down my throat. Ugh. What a fucking and, creep. Yeah. And, you know, you when you hear those stories about the how like the, when all those women about Cosby came out about it, or why didn't they speak up sooner, or this, that, and the other thing, whatever they want to think. <clears throat> I think when you're in that situation, I think it's different for every woman, but in my situation, because I didn't have very male... Uh, role models or men in my life um, or very many relationships. Um, I think that was a hindrance for me not to see the signals of what what was going on. So I was starting to second guess myself. Like, did I bring that about? You know, did I lead him on? Did I make him do something that led him on? You know, so you start to think about that. Like, did I bring that upon myself? You know, but thank God for my intuition, Joe, because as I, I went to my next class because I just pushed it down. I'm like, that didn't happen. I imagined it. But you have the you have a gifted imagination, but goddamn. <laughs> um But as I'm sitting in class, you know that feeling you get like that grit in your throat? Like you should say something, but you're scared to? Yeah. Yeah. I felt that feeling in my gut and in my throat. And I didn't learn this until recently, but when you're when you get that grit in your throat, that usually means your throat chakra, you have something to say and you need to get that out. And so I went to my teacher and <clears throat> she contacted my contacted my counselor and you know, it was reported and basically because there were no witnesses, it was his word against mine that it happened. But the result of that was that um, the representative from Job Corps would go to the class before and after the class let out to make sure no females were left in that classroom alone with him. Oh, good. I'm glad they took it seriously then. Yeah, well, mainly it was because I was such a good girl that I had such a good reputation that Edie's like, you don't understand. Bridget is not the type of person to make these false claims. Yeah. You know, so, you know, I think that's, you know, when I would hear those accusations, I tend to hear the news with the little mindset of, you know, there's side A and there's side B and the truth is somewhere in the middle. Because you have to understand that there's three sides to every story that you hear in the news. And considering not the fake news it's not necessarily fake news it's just sensationalized news yeah you know so 
whenever I hear something like that, I just, I get that grit in my throat for those women, especially these women in Hollywood. And I laugh because that's the goddess rising up. That's the goddess archetype rising up and saying, we're not going to take this bullshit anymore. We're going to speak up, you know. And, you know, not for nothing, but that takes a lot of guts to speak up and say this happened. And men are raped, too. Men Men can be raped by women. But you just don't hear about that because I think there's a lot more shame for men when that happens than there is for women, sadly enough. But just like there's domestic abuse from females against males, we just don't hear about it. Yeah. You know? It is true. So it's really, it's really sad. And when I hear, when I hear these stories, it just, it breaks my heart because the shame that comes from a sexual assault is all too real. Like, I don't know if you ever read fan fiction. I know you've wrote a story and I I can't wait to, for it to get on Amazon so I can read it. But there, like, I read a lot of fan fiction while I beta some, some, I beta a select few because it has to be when I can do it. And I don't want to make promises to people and not follow through. Uh Uh-huh. Because it's not fair to them. They're waiting to publish. Um, But (laughs) there are some scary corners of fan fiction that makes me hit that backspace key really fast. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I'm just, and there's so much like sexual assault against women in fan fiction. It's almost fucked up. It is. And I shouldn't say that because I am writing a second part to my story where there is a sexual assault, but there's a reason for it. I shouldn't say reason. I'm going to use the word reason very loosely um, because there's no reason why even a fictional character should be sexually assaulted, if you ask me. Um, But I think people are a curious about the whole rape culture. I don't know why. Um, and I think they want to explore that psychologically and that's fine, but you, you gotta be really careful of how you walk that tightrope and you gotta be informed about it. Now, since it happened to me, I can write about it. And in fact, it's sometimes therapeutic. And I know a lot of fanfic authors who use writing as an outlet for that. It's a therapeutic tool for them to write about it. And that's that's great. If they can take their experiences and turn lemon into lemonade, that's fine. But, man, that is that is a rough thing to go through. And thankfully, I wasn't raped I was felt up and I was assaulted but I wasn't raped yeah um, that would that would still be a hard thing to go through I mean especially I mean how old were you I was 24 that would be I mean because I don't know still in your mid-20s you're still pretty much a kid yeah you know I mean oh, that's yeah. when you're just really starting to I don't know. For me, that's when I was really starting to realize, and this this just grows every year. <laughs> it wasn't until my mid twenties where I really started realizing how much I didn't know. Oh yeah, I get that. I understand that. I understand what you mean. 
And there's, you know, people think, you know, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. You know, <laughs> and there's, there's sex and then there's intimacy too. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not one in the same. And no, I not ha- at all. I haven't had that many relationships. And part of that is because of my whole father issue, uh, father and trust issues. Um, but the other part of it is, you know, <laughs> I think I put out that vibe that says fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I think I do it unconsciously. <laughs> um but you know I I had my one long-term relationship lasted 3 years and he was a manic depressive bipolar and I watched him throw his senior citizen mother across the room. He was 6 foot 6. Huh. I- I watched him throw her across the room and realized that could be me one day. No kidding. Yeah, it was really bad. I mean, he never ever assaulted me, but he was a big guy. And it sounds like from my experience of dealing with friends with who have manic depressive relatives that they tend to take themselves off their meds when they're feeling good because they feel good. Well, you feel good because you're on medication. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Stay on the freaking medication. <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, so I'm like, you know what? Um, I'm going to call it a day. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I'm walking out of here. And that's when I drove so I could drive myself home. And <laughs> then I, the following month, I went to Job Corps. So I escaped him. <laughs> <laughs> and then I got the phone call that he apparently attempted suicide that was a cry for help so i'm like well i don't know what to tell you i'm i'm up in freaking albany so i can't help you (laughs) yeah (laughs) wow yeah it was uh fun times (laughs) (laughs) you got a really good attitude about it all and and that's i mean without that you know where would it be i mean you could just sit and well, that's, you know, poor that's me nine or... years of work. That's yeah. nine years of healing work, Joe. <laughs> from 2008 from now, till now, that's like nine years of healing work that I've been doing. So Yeah. Well, it's worked. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, it's got you on the road, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. It's, and my sadistic sense of humor, I just... <laughs> <laughs> that's why I, I love Kevin Smith's films. Like oh, Dogma. God. That's my favorite film. Oh, yes. I saw that in the theater. That's a good one. Oh, I, my God. I've got a really dark, fucked up sense of humor, too. So, oh. I mean, I can totally relate to you with that. I mean, the things that I will find funny and laugh at. But it's like, for me, if it's presented in a comedic way and it's a horrible <laughs> idea that you should not laugh at, if it's mm-hmm. presented to me in the right way, I'll laugh at it. If you present it to me as like a serious fact or a serious statement, it's, you know, I'm not going to take it that same way. Right, but, I, but yeah, I'm I'm very good at appreciating humor. Well, I I always remember um, Eddie Murphy how he would like, I think it was Eddie Murphy Raw when he would say that when he would witness parents lose their shit with their kids at the grocery market and start beating the shit out of them. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I run to the other aisle and I freak out laughing. <laughs> <laughs> and I do the same thing because I'm like. Holy shit, dude. If that was me, my mother, whenever we went to the store, before she even started the car, she would look at me and go, we're going there for food 
Do not ask me for one thing. Do not ask me. (laughs) Okay, mom. And every once in a while, not all the time, every once in a while she would, I don't know how she did it, she would sneak a Milky Way bar into the cart (laughs) as a reward. And I would get a surprise when we got home. (laughs) So I'm like, oh, so this is a new game of moms. (laughs) (laughs) Mom had me trained. (laughs) Well, I was also the only kid who knew who the hell Mario Alonso was on the block. He was an opera singer. I knew the whole score from to student Prince. I knew the whole score from all the Broadway shows. Even George George Bizet's Carmen. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Mom, whenever Mom did her spring cleaning, she would put on a chorus line. And she, I, I'll never forget this. I came home from playing. Um, I always had role playing games going as a kid. We would go on these adventures. You know, I always wanted. I had to be the female Jedi. Um, <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's she, awesome. Well, I was, I was that kid. <laughs> Other girls wanted to be ballerinas. I wanted to be a Jedi. <laughs> um, she had a better a, choice. Oh yeah, <laughs> she had the vacuum in one hand and a can of beer in the other. <laughs> yeah, that's how you do some damn chores. <laughs> <laughs> like, so, mommy, you're spring cleaning today. Get out of the house! I just did the fucking floor. I gotta pee. Go outside. <laughs> I'm not a boy. I can't do that. <laughs> I was always jealous of boys for being able to pee outside. <laughs> it is a nice perk. Oh, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> my luck. I would like if I even tried to squat, I would end up falling on my ass in the pee. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a definite possibility. Yeah, I work on the quads. <laughs> Oh my god, that's ridiculous! <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, and I knew the whole school to to uh, a chorus line. I knew the whole dance ten looks three number, which is the tits and ass number. <laughs> oh, nice! <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> I wanted to do that for the school talent show. Mom said, "No, I don't think so. <laughs> that would not go over well." <laughs> yeah, that that might spark a letter home. <laughs> Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> oh, and uh, Neil Diamond's Hot August Night. She would play that when she sprung, sprung, did spring cleaning. My brothers loved that album. My brothers are pretty cool because my sister will tell us, Bridget, have you ever watched Shameless? I'm like, no. She goes, it's a good show. You should watch it because that was our life on Dorm Road. I'm like, what is it? It's like, it's a white trash family. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know if I want to watch it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I want to know. Because my poor mom, she was this little white woman. You know, my dad was Filipino, if you can believe that. Like, full-on Filipino and Polish. So he had that whole Pacific Islander look to him. Uh I look nothing like him. I have dark hair and blue eyes. I used to tell people I was the milkman's kid. <laughs> that didn't go well, uh, well with mom, but oh well. 
live with it. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know, our house was the house that everyone went to to party because mom was usually working at the tutor room because, you know, she had to work. She was a waitress. She didn't make that much money. But, you know, my brothers were supposed to be watching me. Um, <laughs> they would be on the couch smoking marijuana, watching Looney Tunes when I got home from nursing school one time. Oh, jeez. I'm like, well, this is great. I have to ask them to change the channel. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was pretty cool. Um, <laughs> my brother had a warrant out for his arrest for speeding tickets. Oh, shit. <laughs> So the cops come to the door and, you know, he's ironing his, sh- his shirt to go out. And he's like, well, my little sister's in the other room sleeping. I got to get someone to watch her. I can't just leave her. You right. So they got one of the neighborhood boys to watch me. But I'm like, what the hell's going on? And they did. He saw the cops come at one time and they tell the story where, you know, he ran out the back door. They came in the front. And they said, you would start to kick, kick the cops' uh, shins, <laughs> saying, you're not going to take my big brother. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. And Pam's like, I can't tell you the amount of babysitters that lost their virginity on our couch. I'm like, whoa. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> you did grow up in a madhouse. <laughs> <laughs> It was like the place to be. Holy shit. Mom's like, I never knew who was going to be downstairs in the cellar lifting weights. (laughs) I'm like, Mom, this is not good. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't care. As long as you gave me macaroni and cheese and my magic milk. Magic milk is chocolate milk. (laughs) Oh, nice. I was a happy kid. I had had those boys. They were buying me... um, Ice cream from the ice cream man. Remember the ice cream man? With the truck? Yep. We still got one that drives around here every summer. Oh, I, lo- I love Mr. Softy. I've been calling the red truck Mr. Hard because <laughs> <laughs> he, he doesn't have the soft ice cream. He just has the ice pops. And who the hell wants those? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much how it is here. It's like, you know, they got like push up pops and, and that sort of bullshit. Yeah, I'm like, what the fuck is that? Give me real ice cream, damn it. Yeah, and like it drives around and on a loudspeaker, it either plays like the entertainer or like do your ears hang low. Oh, see, ours plays that, the Pied Piper tune. Um, uh, What's that song? I forget what it is, but <laughs> if the clown from It ever had a song, this would be the song he would use to lure children into his sewer <laughs> oh that's creepy <laughs> like that is free i remember i ran for the ice cream truck and they were digging they were trying to replace our fence and i tripped over something broke my arm got right back up and ran after the ice cream man <laughs> with my broken arm <laughs> holy shit my brother's like, Bridget, you broke your arm. I'm like, shut up. I'm getting my ice cream. God damn it. <laughs> I need one little victory. <laughs> exactly. I ran after this goddamn truck. <laughs> I'm getting my ice cream. Damn it. I've lucked out. I've never broken any bones. Like I, I've broken two toes throughout the co- course of my life, but like never anything like with serious, you know, where you'd need a cast or anything like that. 
actually the broken arm wasn't that bad because I got out, got out of doing homework because I broke my left arm and I'm a lefty. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember one of my babysitters slammed her car door on my big toe. Ah. Accidentally. Um, and my toenail fell off. I'm like, that can't be good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I have a high threshold for pain. So, you know, when I saw that toenail fall off, I'm like, huh, I wonder if that's going to grow back. <laughs> Fuck. That, oh, that would suck. I heard that happens to like ultra marathon runners. Ooh. That they put their feet through such a pounding that their fucking toenails fall off. Them and probably ballerinas, because have you ever seen a ballerina's feet from being Oh, yeah, they're shoes? jacked up. Holy crap. <laughs> oh, my God. I watched that, uh, that movie Black Swan. You ever see that with uh, Natalie Portman? Now, I'm familiar with it, but I've never seen it. She does. There's this one scene where she's practicing her pirouettes, and I think she lost her balance or something, which is easy to do in point shoes. And she fell, and... She takes off the slipper and her big toe, the nail, is split at the at the tip in half. Blech. Blech. I'm just like, Ugh. I can handle that sort of stuff. Oh, oh. <laughs> it well, turns my, my stomach. I asked my niece Avery because she's she's into ballet. I'm like, now how many like shoes do you go through? And she's like, oh, a lot, you know. And she's showing me all the stuff that she has to use, like the toe guards, and she puts band aids on each toe to protect them. I'm like, is it really worth it? Oh, yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, I'm like, oh. See, rock climbing shoes are kind of like that, to where they like jam all your toes oh. together, like up against your big toe, and then you fit the shoes tight enough to where you're, like, you can't actually extend your toes out. Why? Like, like your toes are kind of curled just a little bit. Because it, it, the end of the shoe is so precise, and it's got like a specially formatted rubber that like uh, sticks to rock better that you can literally stand on like a dime edge in like wow. properly fitted rock climbing shoes, but they're torturous on your feet. And like it, like whenever people talk about ballerina things, I'm like, I kind of relate to that. <laughs> Ooh. See, I was wondering if they had like steel toe shoes or something like that, you know? <laughs> no, no, you, you oh. want, you want the ends to be like real sensitive. Well, oh, I guess to feel the rock to step on as you're climbing, right? Oh yeah, yeah. No, I'll I'll message like in our in our message thread we got going. I'll send you a, what a pair of like aggressive climbing shoes look like, and you'll be like, "What the fuck is that?" <laughs> They're weird. They look like these weird little Peter Pan slippers. Ooh, that sounds very uncomfortable. Yeah, they're not comfortable. They're not <laughs> like like well, like if you're trying to climb something like super difficult, then generally uh -huh. you're going to be wearing like probably a pretty uncomfortable pair of shoes. But if right. you're just doing like real simple stuff, like you can wear shoes that you could like walk around in all day and you'll be fine. Oh, okay. It, it all depends on how small the feet are on, on what you're climbing. Like if you're climbing something really simple and it's big stuff, you can almost do it in hiking shoes. Oh, all right. See, I would be able to do that. I wouldn't be able to do like, <laughs> I don't have a fear of heights, but up to a certain point. Like, I would love to be, you know, those aerial silks, those aerial artists that can go on the silk. Um, yes, those things are so cool. Oh, I would love to be able to do that. But A, I don't have the agility or the coordination to do it, <laughs> you know, but <laughs> I have one of my, be tough. 
oh my god and you have to have such upper body strength you know mm-hmm. um I would love to be I gave my I always give my characters the attributes I would want which is typically probably what other all writers do but um I gave my character that she's hiding from uh, Hydra so <laughs> in I was the just circus. gonna ask what your fan fiction was or I was gonna ask it earlier when you brought it up <laughs> oh it's um I'm doing a Winter Soldier fan fiction. Of course. Uh, I was going to say, is it Winter Soldier? (laughs) I love it. Um, It's funny because my friend who I used to write with, um, I used to role play with him. And I did a lot of – I tried to pair Bucky up with a lot of my other characters. And he just wasn't meshing well with these female characters. And he's like, why don't you bring Catriel back? You know, you haven't used her in a while. Um, I start laughing because my characters, that character started out as the prime minister's daughter from my Gundam Wing roleplay game. Nice. <laughs> just, and now she's, you remember that, um, that colonel from Civil War from the beginning? Uh, the Russian guy that's reading the words out of the book? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Well, she's supposed to be his niece and his older brother is her father. So, and her father is like the dictator of Soviet Russia um, during the late nineties. And, you know, she lost her mother when, you know, two years ago and her father is descending into alcoholism because he misses his wife and there's assassination attempts on him. And she almost got caught in the crossfire. So they bring in the winter soldier to protect her. And ironically enough, it's her father that he needs to protect her from because her father is such a delusional drunk that he's seeing her as his dead wife. <laughs> so um, he has to protect her from him. And then years later, they split They split apart. And then years later, she comes to the trial to defend Bucky. And it's like, it's like 18 years later. So now she's like 36 years old. And she defends him. And, you know, he's he doesn't want to be with her, but he misses her because... Um, she was the first person to actually try to get to know him because her father was very old world trying to set her up with these, you know, society, you know, men, and she's not into it. She wants to do her own thing. She doesn't want to get married. You know, she wants to go to college and he wants to get married and continue the line of their, you know, ancestry. And she's like, fuck that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) so, um, Eventually, they do fall back in love because, you know, she brought music back into his life when they knew each other. And it's a slow progression. And it's funny because I'm so impatient. I want them together. <laughs> but I, when I feel myself getting to that point, I pull myself back and walk away from it and cool off before I go back to it. So it's taken me a long time to write. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That sounds like a cool idea, too. It is. And I like the idea of her because when they, after they part ways, she's like 18 because they do end up sleeping together um, when she's 18. Um, Because he's the goddamn Winter Soldier. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, the reason why she falls for him is he calls her on her bullshit because her uncle tells him, why don't you teach her some self-defense? Because we can't watch her all the time so i'd rather her know some moves to defend herself against my brother so he does teach her some self-defense and at one point she comes for a training session just had a fight with her father she's basically throwing a temper tantrum and he's like 
why don't we use that energy for something more constructive? And they start sparring. And she uses that anger to focus. And it works for her. But no one has ever called her on her bad behavior like that, her pet being a brat. And he called her on it. And that made her respect him a lot more. So, you know, it that meant all the more to her. <clears throat> As it turns out, she her father ends up attacking her and nearly strangles her and her father, her uncle has to shoot him. So her uncle kills his own brother to protect her instead of the winter soldier killing um, her father. Cause they were, he, I'm at the point now in the story where he's, he's confessing to her. Yeah. I was supposed to kill your father, but the way things happened, your uncle killed him. So, that's the point I'm at. So, but when she comes after they part ways, she sees the whole Winter Soldier, not the one, just the cap exhibit, the Smithsonian. And it's such a shock for her to see uh, Bucky Barnes exhibit because she only knew him as the Winter Soldier. She didn't know him as anything else. She didn't even know that her uncle was in Hydra. That's like finding out your uncle's a Nazi. Well, Hydra is basically Nazis. Yeah, um, kind of. So that was a, a whole reveal to her. And I even have it where his younger sister, Bucky's younger sister, had has living family. And they sought him out after the whole um, Washington, D.C. thing, the events in Washington, D.C. And they get they help. Uh, Cap helps them find him and they bring him out. So... <clears throat> it's it's an interesting I I'm debating on cutting out the trial because there is a United States versus Bucky Barnes trial fan fiction and it's really well written but it's a stucky fic and it drives me crazy pants when people what uh, uh Bucky Steve relationship oh okay <laughs> they call it stucky <laughs> I was telling her gotcha. I'm like, I hate it when they take straight male character, canon characters, and they turn them turn them gay. She's like, oh, Stucky. I'm like, yeah, Stucky. I'm like, I hate that. It drives me crackers because they do it with Sam and Frodo. They started to do it with um, Poe and uh, Finn. Okay. I'm like, stop it. Stop it. Wow, this is like a whole new world I didn't know anything about. Oh God! <laughs> oh, I I haven't even gotten to the alpha, beta, omega genre of fan fiction. <laughs> what is that? Where uh, this started a long while uh, It started with the supernatural show, um, where you take um, the wolf hierarchy or the the canine hierarchy. And you give those characteristics to um, humans like the alpha male and the beta male or the beta female. And depending on the author, you can have the male character have a knotted penis like a a dog or a wolf. And the omega is the the, the, uh, or the beta 
it depends on what you want to use. Usually betas can't really mate. It's the omegas that are prized, and which is funny to me because omega wolves are the lowest in the pack hierarchy. Uh-huh. They're the the scapegoats. Um, but in this set of fan, genre of fan, fan fiction, they're highly prized and they can reproduce and they go into heats and which is like, it sounds 10 times worse than PMS because you're secreting these pheromones and, and this slick, this lubrication that alpha males are attracted to. Um, you have to take these suppressants. I'm like, this sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds crazy. Like, whoa. It, it is. And, you know, they call um, there's the male goes through a rut instead of the female heat. There's a rutting. Um, I'm like, I'm glad I'm not a omega female. <laughs> I came across it when I was looking for dominant Bucky fan fiction to read. <laughs> and I'm like, what the hell? And it was hot, I'll give you that, but I'm just like, okay, I can't picture Bucky talking that dirtily because, A, he's from the 40s. (laughs) He would know half those words. (laughs) 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 And I go, when I read, when I do read smut, I go into what's called smut lockdown. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and what is this <laughs> i usually just read it at night and i i i pull those shades on my window <laughs> oh, i gotcha <laughs> <laughs> but you know this, i laugh because you know i hear everyone talking about the latest shows that are on tv no bridget's reading fan fiction <laughs> she's doing ministry homework <laughs> you know <laughs> Or she's writing. (laughs) Speaking of like, I mean, because that's like pretty much borderline like erotica, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. So, so years and years ago, um, this friend of mine, he, he knows that I was into writing. And so he tells me that his girlfriend's into writing also. Mm -hmm. And so then I meet her and she's like, oh my gosh, I, you know, I'd, I'd love it if you'd read some of my stuff. And I'm like, okay. And so... Then she's like, she's all excited to give me some stuff to read, but then she starts getting like, kind of like almost nervous about it. And she's like, well, it's, it's, it's actually like, it's all erotica. And I'm like, okay, well, I've already told you I'll read it. And so yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll read it and, and, you know, tell you what I think. And so then she brings in this, like, like a folder, just like full of all these short stories and a questionnaire as well that she wanted me to fill out and all the questions were like have you ever read erotica what is your favorite genre what turns you on and all this stuff and so i'm like okay right away i'm sorry i'm not going to fill out your questionnaire these are just (laughs) things that i'm not comfortable committing to paper and talking to you whom i don't know at all like i'm not going to tell you what my kinks are and shit like that like i agreed to read your stuff and in like tell you you know what i think of it from you know like a creativity from like a creative writing standpoint yeah yeah and um and so then i'm like kind of reading through it and stuff and like i bring up a couple examples to to my friends and like they're just like you know this isn't fiction so much as she's just writing down the dirty shit there <laughs> that her and her boyfriend are doing together and so i like read one part of it out loud and like my buddy just starts laughing and i'm like oh my god 
Like, this is shit that they've just done together. Like, that laugh did not just come out of nowhere. <laughs> but, like, I had told her, I was like, I was like, this is all really well written. I was like, this is great. I was like, you should be proud of yourself. <laughs> I was like, it's, like, it's not really my genre, but, but, um, but I, oh, it was, it was way dirty too. It was about making me blush reading it. <laughs> Well, you know what makes me mad with the the whole Fifty Shades of Grey thing is I have a lot of friends that are aspiring aspiring writers trying to get published, and you know that E.L. James author she basically ripped off Twilight, just ripped it off completely. You can tell she ripped off. I never read Twilight. Um, I only read like the paragraph, and I got so fucking. I'm like. Bitch, you need a fucking Prozac. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I never read Twilight either. I I had my oh, a, my wife's one of her younger cousins. I remember a long time ago we were at like a graduation party or something like that, and so I just sat down. And I started asking her what she was into, and she's like, "Oh, I really love Twilight." So she like told me all about it. <laughs> About this great romance story and stuff like oh, that. But. Okay, it was not a great romance. Edward was a stalker. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Bella, Bella was such a vapid character, and that was on purpose to so any teenage girl could like insert themselves into Bella. I'm just like, okay, this is not good. And you know, I I read some of the Fifty Shades of Grey out of sheer curiosity, and I'm like. Oh my God! Did anyone read this with an editorial red pen? Because oh, I've heard it's quite terribly written. Oh my God! <laughs> I mean, you want to talk about grammar and punctuation? I'm not a grammar Nazi, um, <laughs> but holy! I mean, I, I have like common diarrhea sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I I have I have that too. <laughs> Well, you know, I'm like you I, know what? It's <laughs> arguable. A comma could be there. Fuck it, it stays. <laughs> I remember being a kid, and I I would ask my mom for help to read over my homework, and she would tell me, "Oh, you have too many commas here." And I'm like, "Well, when where are you supposed to use commas?" And she's like, "Well, you're supposed to use commas when you pause in a sentence to take a breath. Like, say, if I said, Bridget, comma, bring me the milk, okay?" And I'm like, "All right." She's telling this to an asthmatic child, okay? <laughs> so I have to pause, like, at the time, I had to pause every few words for friggin' breath, all right? So <laughs> she, had a, she had a good bat to me against uh, Mrs. Germain, my, thir- my third grade teacher, because I told her, well, my mom said that you use a comma where you pause to take a breath, and considering the fact that I have asthma, that's every few words. So to me, this is legit. I didn't say it in those words. I, I didn't know the word legitimate back then. <laughs> 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 so that was very frustrating for me. But yeah, I mean, if you ever heard the, have you ever heard the, um, the podcast school of movies? No. Okay. Well, they used to do these, uh, shows called, uh, reviews, uh, of humanity, where they would read these uh, Amazon reviews on Twit from Twitter, and at the beginning of the show, sometimes they would um, do excerpts from Fifty Shades of Grey, and they were just hilarious because they would put on these voices and read out loud, and it was just the writing was just effing ridiculous. 
I'm like, Christ. I just read my friend's book and she, she likes to write about vampires. I, I'm kind of done with vampires because of thanks to the, to the, uh, Anita Blake vampire humper, uh, excuse me, hunter series by Laurel K. Hamilton. <laughs> Christ almighty, that woman. Anyway. Um, <laughs> i <laughs> I know you're not much into reading comics, mm. but if you pick up the volume one trade of Redneck, that's a pretty fun vampire story. Oh, is it? I'm reading Winter Soldier right now, the Captain America Winter Soldier. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, I it's it's I guess you call it a trade where it has many different issues in one book. Yep, yep. Yeah, I'm not down with the lingo, so <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> Because Rebecca's like, oh, tell me what you think of it. I'm like, so I, I would send her a little, I'm like, okay, I just met Jack Monroe. Who the hell is he? Because <laughs> <laughs> he looks like Bucky, but I think Bucky just killed him. I'm very confused right now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a deep Marvel history either. I've just kind of oh. jumped around reading some different trades. But uh, but I, um, let's see, I think it was last year for Christmas, Lindsay got me that book. And it was, I really enjoyed it. What, Winter Soldier or Redneck? Uh, Winter Soldier. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. Yeah, it came with a really nice uh, dust cover with Cap's shield on it. It was beautiful. Beautiful. Oh, nice. Did you get like yeah. a hardback one? Yeah, I did from eBay. Oh, nice. It was, it was 30 bucks, I think, it, but it had like multiple issues in it. Um, toward, I think I'm in issue seven of 15 issues, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's a really beautiful book. But the reason why I don't read comics is not because I don't like them. It's when you open the comic book, it was like, is so visually overwhelming. It was like I had visual ADD. <laughs> no, <laughs> I know what you mean. I, I would look at the art, then look at the word balloons. <laughs> 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 well, first I would have to flip through the book to look, to get my eyes adjusted to all the beautiful beautiful art and then i would have to go back to the beginning and start <laughs> this sounds so retarded i know the people who read comics are gonna be like what the hell is wrong with you girl oh no i hear it all like i've tried to turn so many people onto like reading comics like i don't like i'll loan out like saga or nail biter or something like that and a lot of times i'll get it back on red and and I'll just be like, well, what'd you think? And they're like, I just I couldn't wrap my mind around reading it. I just couldn't read it. I'm sorry. Like, eh, no apologies necessary. I get it. <laughs> well, I laugh. I laugh because I'll send Brian recommendations sometimes for um books or usually movies. And he watched Battle Royale. I'm the one who suggested that movie to him. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, and I think I told him I'm like, listen, don't watch the sequel to that movie it's ridiculously bad i think i told him that or, or i told someone else that um but he liked it he he tupperwareed it on the show i think it was the game of thrones episode um which i was really happy about and i i forgot to tell him i'm like this came before hunger games in fact I would get into an uproar sometimes when I would when I watched Hun I read the book Hunger Game the Hunger Game series and then I watched the movies. I'm like, they totally ripped off Battle Royale. They totally ripped off Battle Royale. Everything from the the tracker injections to the cannons going off every time one of the kids died. Um, that didn't happen. Battle Royale. The the Proctor would say 
would announce that it was that they were um dead, who was dead every six hours. But <clears throat> I'm sorry, Suzanne Collins knew about Battle Royale when she wrote that manuscript. I don't care what anyone says, but <laughs> as Dan, Mr. Dan West said when he was discussing Harry Potter and why it was a ripoff of another work, you know, everyone borrows from everybody. There's really no true original art out there because, you know, everyone borrows from everything, even songs, you know. You hear about this artist, you know, suing this artist because this song sounds like this song. So what are you going to do? You know, but Battle Royale is an excellent book. Um, did you ever see it, the movie? I don't think I had. It's not ringing any bells for me. It's on Netflix if you have Netflix. Um, you might be a little leery of it because you have kids. Um, I don't know how, how old your oldest is, if he's close to the age of 14. Um, yeah, my oldest is 10. Uh well, I don't know. You might if you consider the fact that it's supposed to take place in a dystopian society in Japan and the unemployment rate is sky high and that's why they're doing these battle royale programs, um you might have a better easier time of dealing with it, but it's a really good story, well put together. Um in fact, I used it for a character's background. Um, I mixed, you want to talk about mosh pit fic, I used Battle Royale and I used um, the government from Final Fantasy VII, Shinra. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> Throw a little Sephiroth in there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Excellent. In fact, Reno and Sephiroth played a big part in Tabitha's life. Um, I used the awesome. Pro- yeah, well, I used the program for how the kids became Turks. Uh, that's how they tried out Turks. If they're willing to kill their classmates, then they're willing to uh, be an assassin. And poor Tabitha, you know, her father was English and spoke various languages, and his wife was Japanese. So, you know, she went all around the world with her dad, and and he taught her how to hunt, fish, this, that, and the other thing. That's how she won the program is because she was able to keep a cool head throughout the whole thing. And the only time she killed was for self-defense. So she won the program, but she lost her best friend during the program. And Reno's like, Reno is supposed to be her Turk mentor. Poor Tabitha. (laughs) (laughs) I love Reno. Reno was my favorite. Reno and Sephiroth were my favorite characters. I never played Final Fantasy VII. My boyfriend did at the time. And Sephiroth scared the fuck out of me at first. Yeah, but, he's a cool character. Oh, but he's awesome. He teaches Tabitha how to wield the Masamune blade, and he he teaches her some other things. But um, he becomes like a father figure to her, even though he doesn't see her a lot. He's a cool character for her. But I moshed that all together, and she does become an assassin, and she is rescued. In fact, my friend goes, "I think you should have the Avengers save her from Shinra." I'm like, that's fucked up. <laughs> that is fucked up beyond belief. <laughs> so, like, what different things are your favorites to um, write fan fiction for? Like, what um, different properties or whatever? I like to write, well, I use the lycanthrop culture from the Laurel K. Hamilton series because I, I fell in, out of love with vampires and in, into love with lycanthropes because. Her wolves turn into real wolves, not these like 
the wear chihuahua from Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Yeah. That was goddamn ridiculous. (laughs) 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 I like real wolves. Like they're larger than regular wolves, but they, they look more like the real life wolf. And more like in true blood then, right? Yeah. I think I haven't seen true blood in a while, but yeah, they're furry, you know, and the, the shift is a little painful. Um, but Tabitha is injected with lycanthropy by Sephiroth is like, I, she needs another layer of protection from Shinra because I have my Shinra. He likes to, um, have his way with the female Turks cause he's a pervert, <laughs> but Tabitha slams him down. And when my friend told me about throwing the Avengers in, I'm like, dude, you know that I have Shinner sneaking into Tabitha's room to basically rape her, right? And she ends up transforming and eating Shinra. I'm like, do you really want Tony Stark to open the door to that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that would not be a good scene. He's like, that would be awesome. <laughs> she could have his arm in her mouth. I'm like... I think Tony would just shoot her. <laughs> <laughs> so were the MCU movies, was that kind of your gateway to these Marvel characters? Uh, yeah. Yeah. In fact, I think it's a good thing that I wasn't into the comics because I can watch the movies and not get offended if things are left out. You know what I mean? Yeah, I can do that with the MCU movies as well because I'm much less familiar with those characters than I am with like their DC counterparts. Yeah, in fact, I I forget. I think it was through a PM Brian or something. Oh, he's like, I don't want you to get spoiled if you you know if you listen to the episode before you see the movie. I'm like, yeah, but being that you guys have the comic book background, you filled in the blanks for me with Winter Soldier, and by the time I got to see the movie, I forgot completely forgot what you said in the episode. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. So he's like, all right, that works for you. But it's true because, I, you know, especially with um, Doctor Strange, I knew nothing about that character. But everything they were talking about with the energy in that movie, how you move energy, I'm like, oh, my God, they're finally doing it right. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, and, you know, I tend to keep in mind uh, with books – Comic books, regular books, and movies are different animals. And you can't adapt a book into a movie word for word. you got to leave some stuff out. Or you have to, because a book, you can take your time describing something. With a movie, you only have, you have a deadline to follow. You have a structure to follow. Yeah, they are drastically different mediums. Exactly. So, I mean, for example, with the Harry Potter films, I read the books before I saw the movies. Well, that's not entirely true. I got introduced to the books because I wanted to get out of the heat of summer and I wanted to go see Order of the Phoenix. I knew nothing about the books. Um, so that got me into Harry Potter. So when I finally started to see the movies, the only thing that ticked me off was movie three, The Prisoner of Azkaban, when they didn't spend that much time with the Marauders and the Marauders map. Yeah. And that 
they didn't explain that well. And excuse me, towards the end, they didn't show serious. Excuse me again. Oh, damn st- stupid seltzer. Um, <laughs> oh, it's okay. <laughs> oh, um, they didn't explain the um, the glass, the two way uh, mirror. Yeah, that Sirius gives him, so that all of a sudden in movie eight, Harry pulls this mirror out of his sock. Yeah, it's, it's like, like oh. if you read the books, you're like, oh, okay, I know what this is. Well, if you now I look back, I'm like, they wrote, they film those movies, the later movies, especially for the readers of the books. If you didn't read the books, you were lost, basically. Now. I never saw read Lord of the Rings, and back when my my landlady and I were still friends, and we would go to see the movies, <clears throat> she would him and haw about what they would leave out or what they added, and I'm like, after the two towers, I'm like, bitch, you are buying my ticket for the next movie, <laughs> because I had listened to you him and haw about this fucking movie and what they did wrong. <laughs> I'm like, this is why I like to go to the movies by myself because <laughs> I can get fully engrossed into it. But I have to agree with her because the last movie, even I thought Arwen being tied to the ring was a fucking stupid idea. I'm like, why would you do that? <laughs> That's stupid. <laughs> and then that very dramatic reveal that Elrond gives when he's – um revealing the sword, the remade sword. I'm like, well, that was very dramatic and unnecessary. <laughs> <laughs> I think I saw two towers, maybe a couple times. I know I've only seen return of the King once, but <sighs> I watched fellowship of the ring a bunch of times. Like I have that, I have the extended edition on that. Oh, me of too. That one. Me too. And I want to get the, the complete symphonic recording because on that recording, they have that the passing of the elves song on that recording but it's two hundred dollars whoa yeah i'm like i don't want it that badly (laughs) oh shit holy cow but let me just tell you joe never drink a full soda because when you're sitting through like 80 different endings in return of the king and you have to pee (laughs) yeah i know what you mean i was like god damn it ended already I finally had to go because my bladder just couldn't hold it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't want to puddle. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Yeah, I I kind of fell off on those movies. Like I haven't seen any of the Hobbit ones. Um, you're not missing much. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me feel better about it. <laughs> um, I saw the first one. Um, it was okay. It wasn't it wasn't like the magic from the Lord of the Rings films. Um I mean I love those movies because they're a great escape for me. Like when I'm depressed I'll put on a fellowship of the ring. Um because I I love Aragorn and I love the whole the way Gimli and uh Legolas's friendship develops. Yeah. I love that. That's that's just so awesome. But <clears throat> man the two towers there was like too too many battles in that fucking movie <laughs> like cut it down <laughs> maybe like shorten Helm's Deep a little bit I don't know 
And then what they did to Christopher Lee's character. I don't want to get it wrong because I know Jared would kill me because he loves one of the rings. <laughs> Sauron. Sauron or Saruman? Saruman. Okay. Why couldn't they just pick a different fucking name for Christopher <laughs> <laughs> It is really good. There's Sauron and Saruman. Yeah. <laughs> They're pretty close. Jesus. <laughs> and I I really felt bad for the ants. When they're when they're yanking out those trees, that breaks my heart. It is. I mean the ants win the day at the oh. end though. Oh my and god. It, because they were gonna let they were not gonna get involved until they actually saw the destruction that the orcs were doing and then they got mad. I was so proud of Pippin for changing the direction. I'm like that was awesome Pippin. Now you're using your noodle. <laughs> <laughs> but that one tree that runs his uh branches are on fire and runs and douses it in the water that cracks me up every time. <laughs> because it reminds me when I set myself on fire. <laughs> what? You pulled a Richard Pryor? Mhm. How'd you do that? Okay, number one, never do an altar devotion when you're in your Mickey Mouse nightgown. Oh, no. <laughs> because the element of um, the South was near my body, so it was at the bottom of the pentacle. So, you know, I'm, like, doing my altar devotion, and <laughs> you know on Tom and Jerry when he would meet that girl cat, and he's like, I love you. You set my soul on fire. It is not just a spark. It is a big flame, a big roaring <laughs> flame. And I'm like, wow, it's something got really hot in here. <laughs> down, I'm completely on fire. Oh, shit. Do you remember to stop, drop, and roll? No. That did not. It was more like, get this fucking nightgown off me. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, sweet Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I have a scar to prove it. I don't okay. mean to laugh. I'm so sorry. Oh, no, it's just the mental picture. That's hilarious. <laughs> like, remember Denethor in the two towers? <laughs> yeah, that was me. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I was like, dude, I can so relate. <laughs> yeah, that was just me being stupid. <laughs> and it was funny because I was supposed to go to, um, my friend was picking me up to go to the Brooklyn Botanical Gardens for the Sakura Matsuri, the Cherry Blossom Festival. And this is the first time that we're hanging out. And he's like, dude, where are you? And I'm like, well, I'm at Rite Aid trying to get some burn cream and some bandages. And he's like, oh, shit, what did you do? <laughs> I'm like, oh, I just, you know, lit myself on fire because, you know, why not? <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, hmm, let's not you know, put Bridget near fire. She's a little flammable. Yeah, right. <laughs> Important safety tip. So that's when I move my altar to the east side of the house so that the south candle is far away from me as possible. <laughs> <laughs> it's like on the opposite side of the altar. <laughs> Jesus. God, yeah. I, re I remember I was at a party at high school once. And uh -huh. someone was lighting a cigarette for a girl and her hair uh, <gasps> her bangs like fell over. Wow. Because like she must've twisted her head or something like that. <gasps> and it caught that and went right up. And the guy that was lighting the, the, the cigarette <laughs> used his other hand and smacked her right <laughs> in the top of the head 
to put it out. It was, oh, it was something to see. <laughs> oh shit! Is that the days of Aquanet <laughs> spring? Who knows? I mean, it could have been. This was this was late nineties. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, Did- I will never forget that. <laughs> Slapped her right in the top of that. It was like oh. whack-a-mole. <laughs> now, did the girls in your class, was that, did you guys still have the girls with the with those fluffed up bangs that looked like a fucking fan in front of their head? You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> God, was- probably. I've <laughs> luckily blocked out a shitload of high school. <laughs> oh, me too. Me too. But I just remember that. I mean, I used to do like the lights for um some or do the stage management for the theater arts club. And I went to give them the five minute call and I looked down. And I'm like, oh, sweet Jesus. What are you guys doing? They were lighting cheese doodles on fire and smoking them. <laughs> holy shit i'm like dude get some real cocaine or something what the fuck (laughs) right (laughs) it's like just go smoke a dube chill the fuck out think about the bad decisions you're making in your life right now (laughs) speaking of bad decisions you know the the end dust the aerosol thing you use for your keyboard yeah do you know i was asked for id to buy that because kids are using that to get high I thought they put a bitter agent in it so that if you actually try and huff it, it like fills your mouth with like a bitter taste. Maybe they did like after I, I bought know. it, but I'm like, are you sick? I'm like, Jesus Christ. You know, when I was a kid, it was marijuana, <laughs> which I can't stand the smell of. And, uh, you know, cocaine. That was <laughs> now they're using fucking Robitussin. <laughs> Yeah, I've heard of the Robitussin thing. That's fucking weird to me. Oh. I've never done that, but I remember like kids in high school talking about that, saying that it was it was like, dude, it's like doing acid. I'm like, what the fuck, <laughs> dude? I, I was always very aware of like which which drugs there were out there that all they did. It's like you felt like you were getting high because it was just killing your brain cells. It's like those are the ones to fucking stay away from, you dummies. <laughs> well, see, my mom told me, Bridget, you are on some drugs for your thyroid. If you take any illegal drugs, you will die. Okay, thanks, mom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you for that PSA. Holy shit! I never, well, I never got attracted to drugs. It, it just, I guess, sugar is my drug. I mean, sweet Jesus, I can smell chocolate a mile away. <laughs> I wouldn't say that I've ever been into into drugs per se. When I was in in high school and stuff, I never enjoyed drinking because I didn't like the I I couldn't get the past the taste of any of the things you had to do to get there. Uh-huh. And so then the the first time that I tried cannabis, I really liked that. And it was like, okay, this is a cool buzz. Like I can handle this. It's it's not getting me like totally spun out to the point where I'm feeling like I'm impaired or anything. It was more mm-hmm. just you know, it was giggly and I like giggling. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And so like, that was kind of like the thing that I did for a while. And then when I got to the point where I was, I think it was, it was probably during my senior year or just after my senior year is when I like really started experimenting with like different psychedelics, mushrooms, mushrooms and, and, and LSD mostly. And, and what's funny is that like at the time I didn't get the benefits out of while I was doing them, it wasn't until I was being like looking at them like retrospectively afterwards. Right. I kind of realized that, Oh, that's when, because in that period of my life, I went from being somebody that was very ego driven to then realizing 
you know, how, the the way I was acting and right. everything. And so, like, really, psychedelics helped me grow as a person. And, and so it's it's not something that I really want to get back into or anything. <laughs> it just wasn't that great of an experience. <laughs> well, it, it was fine then. But it's like now as an adult with the amount of responsibilities I have mm-hmm. and the amount of worries I have on a daily basis, I don't want to go back down that rabbit hole. Right. right. <laughs> it's like it's I've been there and, and gone and it, it's fine. I don't need to revisit it. But um, but I, n- I never really got like into drugs and I, I had friends that got into drugs, like the different powders and stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. and, and that shit always freaked me out. Yeah. No, I never even smoked because I ate the asthma and B, I just remember, you know, eating like uh, Frosted Flakes and my mom smoking dirty ashtray being right there and it would just like squick me out. I'm just like, Ugh, gross. Yeah. Good for you that you were able to learn those lessons you know, by witnessing people around you doing it and being like, you know what? That's not for me. Yeah. I mean, the most I did was like, I got drunk a couple of times. Oh, one time I got drunk. Um, we, we have this place called fire Island. Um, it's across the long Island sound or across the Bay. I forget. I'm geographically challenged. So don't mind me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I always get the sound and the Bay mixed up. What do you want me to tell you? Um, but they had this thing at Cherry Grove, which is the uh, the gay part of Fire Island. Uh, it's called Invasion of the Pines on the 4th of July. And what it is is way back when, I think it was in the 60s or 70s, this drag queen went to the Pine, Pine Grove um, dressed in drag. And she was refused at a restaurant. So she went back to Cherry Grove, gathered her friends, and they invaded the Pines. So now that's become tradition where they have like the drag queen uh, contest and all that. So my friend and I, we went over on the ferry and it was a fucking hot day, hot July 4th day. And all I wanted was a freaking drink. So our friend Angelo goes, here, Bridge, you can drink this. It was an apple teeny. I downed that sucker. And to this day, I can't remember if it was Jack Daniels. It was some kind of whiskey. I felt like fucking smog, the, the dragon. It felt like my <laughs> chest was on fire. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> oh, my God. And then, of course, there was one time where I was still, I was living with uh, my friend who I, I was living in her apartment with her, sharing the apartment, but I locked myself out of the house. <laughs> And um, <laughs> this was when I didn't have the the belly that I have now. Um, and my boyfriend at the time was with me. And he's like, what are you going to do? I'm like, I have to get in the house because I, I left my keys in there. I'm not going to be able to get in later. So I'm like, all right. So I, I prop up the cinder block next to the bathroom window. And uh, she had a half black lab, half Rottweiler, ginger. So sweet that sweet puppy and um not a good wash dog though because <laughs> i i i have the one foot like i i got one foot into the window the bathroom window and then i had my other foot on the cinder block and i i go to lift myself up the cinder block falls and i end up slamming the back part of my thigh onto the window sash with the window track oh my god i had a newfound respect for when guys get kicked kicked in the balls Mm -hmm. 
And my boyfriend said stupidly, oh, I felt that. (laughs) I'm like, really, motherfucker? You felt that? (laughs) (laughs) Why don't you come over a little closer? We'll make that empirical. (laughs) I'm like, you know what? Just walk away. (laughs) (laughs) I was in so much pain. Holy shit. Anyway, I got my keys and I leave and he's like, Bridget, you better change your clothes because I was going to a family barbecue. I don't want your brothers seeing that because both your brothers are fucking cops. They'll think I I fucking hit you. (laughs) So I'm like, (laughs) no, believe me, they won't once I explain to them what happened (laughs) because I'm notorious Amongst my family for being a klutz. I mean, I trip on fucking thin air. I can trip up the stairs. <laughs> it's an art form. <laughs> hey, I've tripped upstairs far more than I've tripped downstairs. Thank oh. goodness. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, it's ridiculous how much I trip. Like, we have, when I walk my dog, we have this street that is, like, one street over. And when they... When they put the sidewalk in, apparently they didn't take into consideration that tree roots grow and change. So now there's sections of the sidewalk that pops up and you have to know where that is in the dark so you don't go flying. Yeah, Yeah. you don't catch your toe on it. Oh, yes. And I cannot wear my Birkenstocks in the summer when I walk patty because I took a spill. I swear to God. My knees look like a meth whore's knees. <laughs> <laughs> they are so fucked up. <laughs> oh my god. I know that's horrible to say, but they <laughs> they're really like fucking pinked up. <laughs> that's like funny. my my right my right leg looks like, you know, I have that road rash thing. That fucking hurts like hell. Oh. And my hands, oh, that's the worst. When you fall as a kid and you scrape your hands on cement mm-hmm. because the skin on your palms is so um, raw. Oh, I mean, yeah. Motherfucker. Oh, I used to skateboard as a kid, and so yeah, oh. I was familiar with that shit. Oh, and then my mom would put that bacitrazin shit on, and it would sting like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my <laughs> God. She was, oh, she was brutal with that shit. Actually, she would have to bring my two brothers with me to, for my eye doctor appointments because they would put these um, dilation drops in my eye and they would fucking burn. And the one time I kicked the doctor in the balls, nah. <laughs> I had good aim. <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. So my brothers had to like hold me down and like, Jesus Christ, man, what are you feeding this kid? She's fucking strong. <laughs> They're like, Bridget, we're going to get you ice cream. I promise we'll get you ice cream. That's what you said last time. <laughs> I never got the fucking ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> that was the fucking lie they told to me when I went and got my tonsils taken out when I was a kid. Oh, my God. I didn't get shit. I didn't get jello. I didn't get ice cream. I didn't get pudding. Nothing. I would have complained. <laughs> oh, it was sad. I when I got my when I had my uh, I had this uh, goiter that's it's like a tumor a, a benign tumor in your throat. Mm-hmm. It looks like you swallowed a fucking basketball. 
Oh, shit. <laughs> so, you know, I wake up from surgery and my throat is, of course, sore because it was operating on. I look down. There's a fucking cheeseburger. I'm like, and what am I supposed to do with this shit? Right. Yeah, this is going to be a joyful to swallow. <laughs> I'm like, my mother comes in. She goes, that's what they gave you? I'm like, no, mind, just cook this up now. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, this is what they gave me. I'll tell you what, that's a spell I'd want to learn. If oh. I could conjure up a cheeseburger. <laughs> oh, if I could if I could just conjure up a spell to do my fucking dishes and my laundry, I'd have it made. <laughs> <laughs> if I could conjure up one to fold my laundry. Oh shit, yeah. I hate doing laundry. I hate fucking vacuuming. I think I killed every vacuum I've had. Because I hate vacuuming because I can't make I always fuck up maintaining the vacuum like taking I shed more than my fucking dog Joe okay (laughs) so you look at my bathtub you can make a wig out of the amount of hair that comes out of my head (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ (laughs) the best was my sister she goes they just moved into their current house and she was like I don't know what the fuck possessed Louie and I to put a white floor in our bathroom when we both have dark hair. What the fuck? It looks like Grizzly Adams in the fucking house. (laughs) (laughs) And Pam is a little OCD, which makes that even more funny because (laughs) she's like, I was, we moved into the condo and I open up the dishwasher to clean it. She's like, because you know me and OCD. She's like, I don't know what the fuck the previous tenants did. It looked like the woman stuck her head in the dishwasher. And that's how she washed her hair. Because it looked like a fucking, like, the inside of a blow dryer with all the fucking hair. What the fuck? How do you get a bunch of hair in your uh, dishwasher? I'm like, maybe they had a dog and they stuck the dog in the dishwasher. (laughs) That's dark. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, I don't know what the fuck they did. So she's so anal that she made Louie buy buy her a new dishwasher. Uh, <laughs> I've never used a dishwasher in my life. I don't even know how to operate one. I don't know how I don't know how to load one. I don't, yeah, I don't know how to all I know is my aunt used to use the cascade dish detergent. Uh, when she had company over mm-hmm. and I love that smell because it smelled like fucking lemons <gasps> oh nice <laughs> oh my god she's like are you getting high off the lemons then <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yes it smells so good <laughs> and that's when we go to the mall I would walk past the uh, the coffee store because they would be brewing coffee oh my god the smell of fresh coffee is so delicious I mean I'm not a coffee fanatic but I love the smell of coffee. Oh my god, it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, coffee is an amazing. Oh, yeah. oh, it's like oh my god, that's so good. <laughs> like full. There are just certain smells like that. The you know they're. Oh. Because I don't have a Keurig anymore because those K cups are so fucking expensive and they're bad for the landfills anyway. Yeah. Um, so I just went back to my, I asked my mom to get me a regular Mr. Coffee percolator, the, um, the, you know, the four cup one. Um, and she's like, are you sure? And I'm like, yeah, those K cups are too expensive. Mom, I have a $60 food budget. Okay. <laughs> you know? So, um, whenever I open a thing of Folgers, 
the new can of ground coffee. Oh my god, it's like an orgasmic experience for me. <laughs> <laughs> One of my exes was over recently, and he's like, "You're right there." <laughs> I'm like, Oh my god, this is so good. <laughs> it really is the best part of waking up. He's like, Do you want me to roll that up for you or what? <laughs> I'm like, no, it's okay. I'll just drink it. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Because like I said, I'm not a huge coffee fanatic, but I do like that first cup of coffee in the morning that I can just sit, like, especially like on a holiday weekend where I can just sit in front of the TV, watch Good Morning America, and just inhale on the Today Show, whatever it is, and just inhale that coffee while I just relax and get my thoughts together. I'm like, now I understand why mom didn't like to be talked to. <laughs> it's like, shh, my coffee and I are having a moment. Yeah. <laughs> That's like the first season of Stranger Things where Hopper's like, mornings are for coffee and contemplation. Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> right. It is <laughs> totally true. <laughs> and my friends make fun of me because, yeah, I'll go to, we have a Starbucks like right around the corner because my apartment is basically a block, like half a block away from the main street of Sayville. So there's all kinds of stores on the main street. Like we have Starbucks, Wrong Aid, Right Aid. I call it Wrong Aid. <laughs> <laughs> um... And we have Dunkin' Donuts at the end of the block. Um, so every once in a while, if it's a Friday or something, and I have time in the morning, I'll stop for a Starbucks coffee because um, it's closer than to the bus stop than uh, Dunkin' Donuts is. And, man, when you walk into that store, it's so delicious. Oh, it smells so good in that store. But <coughs> excuse me, their stuff is very overpriced. Like, I only tend oh, to get... Yeah. I only get the regular coffee. I don't get the fancy fucking espresso. First of all, espresso is fucking bitter to drink. Yeah, it's glorious. <laughs> <laughs> I love espresso. <laughs> I mean, I, I understand it's stronger than regular coffee. It's just not my thing. So, you know, whatever. <laughs> oh, I had two espresso machines. And after the second one shit out, I was like, I can't buy another one but oh i want to buy another one i miss it why are they expensive and, and the, like i just had like the mr coffee ones that were only around 40 dollars. that's it's not like, bad it's not bad but i mean and it, if i would have actually went out and bought you know like water to put in it rather than just putting tap water in it because my water is pretty hard Oh, and so okay. that was what went wrong with it eventually you go to brew your espresso in the morning and it would just go and go and go and like you wouldn't actually get anything coming out oh so it's like man. is this thing gonna fucking explode oh, <laughs> because i mean the way that espresso works is that it's um instead of you know hot water just coming in and dripping through your coffee grounds it's steam that's like forced through a compressed puck oh, okay. of, of coffee grounds and All so right. it, it works kind of like a pressure cooker oh okay that makes sense yeah. Hey, can we take a quick uh, break? Is that okay? Well, actually, we can probably just wrap it up because believe it or not, we've been talking for three hours. <gasps> Holy crap, Ola. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> it goes by fast. <laughs> Holy shit. See, I mean, if you ever want to have me on again, we should do this on a Friday night. 
Oh, absolutely. No, uh, Bridget, you've been so wonderful to talk to. Oh, you <laughs> so too. I would absolutely love to have you on again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this has been great. Oh, I had fun. I definitely had fun. Yeah. Yeah, me too. It, I got to, and like, oh, there's, there's so many other like, like Wicca and like tarot questions and stuff that I just didn't get to because our conversation just kind of progressed past it. So yeah, I will absolutely have you on again sometime if you're into it. I was laughing because I was I was trying to put like little reminder notes and I'm like, why am I even bothering with this? Let's just let the conversation flow. <laughs> <laughs> and that it did, right? <laughs> that it did. <laughs> well, this was great. Thank you so much for taking time out, staying up late with me oh, on, a, it's on my a Thursday pleasure. and chatting. It was awesome. My pleasure. <laughs> great. <laughs> well, and uh, thank you all very much for listening. Until next time, this has been Startcast. If you have any questions or comments on what you just heard, you can email me at startcastpod at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter at the Tubby Ninja, or you can check out my Facebook page at facebook.com slash startcastpod. Thank you very much for listening. Hey, I'd like to take a moment to ask you all a big favor. If you enjoy listening to Startcast, please log on to iTunes and leave me a review. It uh, really helps with visibility for the show, and um, I would super appreciate it. If you're not a fan and you want to be honest and tell me how much my show sucks, go ahead and leave me a run of those too. <laughs>